Hello, movie fans. My name... You just looked at me like I was an asshole. Yeah, you sound bored. Okay. Uh, uh, retake. Hey, movie fans! Do you want to get blown out of your collective minds? Uh, welcome to Real Nerds. My name's Ryan Frost. I am... Oh, yeah! <laughs> hey, that's inappropriate. He is dead. <laughs> Bones nose, dude. You should toe put that in the intro. Uh, <laughs> uh, welcome to Real Nerds with Ryan Frost. I am your awesome host, and you'll get to know me really well. Actually, you probably know me if you've listened to many of my other podcasts, which appear on iTunes, known as Nebcast. So, welcome to Real Nerds with Ryan Frost. I am joined by my partner in crime, Brad. Hi, everybody. Um, I would say with Ryan and Brad, but you know, sometimes. Brad flakes out, and I don't know if he's going to show up or not. But Brad will always be here. You son of a bitch. (laughs) Brad will always be here. I'm just. Who hosted your previous podcast, Ryan? Who has been there a whole 64 times? Uh, 63, I did one by myself. Fuck. You're right. (laughs) Well, um, okay. But other than that, yes. Oh, I'm sorry that I had, you know, things like my grandfather dying uh, that I couldn't be around for. So so actually 62, because I did one all by myself. There's actually a few that I'm not there. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I wasn't referencing that. I think you went to... What is the Nebcast about, Ryan? The Nebcast is about all the happenings at my wonderful websites that I have created myself. What? (laughs) Go to nebulousvisions.com or sphixedomain.com. That is a fallacy and a lie. That is, um, Brad is a talented one here, and he made amazing websites. He's also published two books. Which you can purchase where, Brad? Uh, on um, Lulu.com. Actually, but only one's available for purchase. I'm sorry. It's currently. Currently. We don't have to get into those details. You should just visit, visit nebulousvisions.com nebulousvisions. and com. You should. To and absorb all our wonderful creativity. And yeah, and if you want to... But this isn't about me. This is about you, Ryan. It is. And your new movie show but that you, could, you have just um, created. You could listen to Nebcast all about Brad's books. And I think you should because... Thank you. Those are really um, fun. Just wish my friends would buy them. I know. I'm the worst friend you could possibly have. I even have a Kindle, and I could buy it easily. You could you could only pay for the $5 version, and you still won't do it. I know. It. I'm such a fucking dick. Matt's even it. done it. Matt's... Oh, dude. That's a low blow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't make the rules, Ryan. Staying back. Uh, okay, anyways. off track. Get back on track. Real Nerds, the Real new nerds. show. Um, our new show is called Real Nerds, R-E-E-L. Get it, guys? We're movie fans. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so basically what my show is going to be is every week... I'm going to see one, two, three, four movies, whatever tickles my fancy. I've always wanted to say that. I don't know why. uh, Probably because you're gay. Totally. And so I thought it'd be fun to create a podcast specifically designed for that. And I've always wanted to be the host because I like hearing the sound of my own voice. And when it comes through... And you believe you're a star. I am a star in my own head every day. But uh, yeah. so And we used to talk about movies on the old podcast. Yeah, we did. It was also mixed in with our, you know, stupid whatever we film wanted. and tech bullshit yeah. that we come up with. Whatever so. we wanted. So we wanted to um, just make one specific. So it's easy for people to find. And We're more accessible. More accessible. When you talk about something as trivial as watching a movie. <laughs> Absolutely. But hey, that's how some people get noticed. That is true. And, uh, you know. If there's one person that should be noticed for talking about movies, it's you, Ryan. Oh, thanks, Brad. And you know what? I couldn't and, do it without you. And James, who and James, would he, normally be James a part of this. Um, but he is he busy this weekend. <laughs> In a horrible popcorn-eating incident. And we I did can't talk about to, it? We did nothing to save him. <laughs> no, he's very much alive. <laughs> because I wanted it just to be about me, this show. I wanted, I wouldn't want it to be Ryan. You poisoned his popcorn, didn't you? Son of a bitch! <laughs> I wanted it to be Ryan and then guess. I didn't want it to have somebody else's name in the title because this is all about me. 
I am so narcissistic that I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, God, could I be any hotter? <laughs> Maybe, but I don't know yet. I'm getting chills. I'm getting chills from your narcissism. <laughs> you should. I think I'm going to put down this headset and just walk away. You should. Uh, yeah, but, you know, the summer movie is are upon us. Uh, this year's already, I think, of it right I think now. it's starting to shape up a lot better than last year. Uh, last year, the summer movies, I could not get into them that much. I mean, I I'm c- trying to remember. Yeah, I know. Keep going. Yeah, you have to open up your uh I think it was so bad that I have just wiped system. it from my brain. Is the Dewey Decimal System even around anymore? Do people use card catalogs? I doubt it. I bet there's just computers now. Well, not every library is funded as well as others. I'm sure there's got to be some... You know what? Uh, on my Facebook page, go to it and tell me if you have a Dewey Decimal System. How do you get to your Facebook page, Ryan? Um, if you go to Facebook.com and look me up as Ryan Frost. There you go. You'll find me. But you know what? I'm probably going to make a Facebook page about this show. So You can also find his phone number and address there. You can. And I don't really care about that. <laughs> uh, you know, some people don't want your phone number on there, but I'm like, only my friends can see it, so who cares? Electronically, how can they reach you, Ryan? Electronically, how can they reach me? They can email me at, at rodstew2 at yahoo.com. Why is your email rodstew2, Ryan? Because Rod Stewart is the greatest rock and roller of all time. Has Rod Stewart ever been in any movies, Ryan? He has. He's Tell actually, us about it. Uh, he had a cameo in as the uh, Play It to the Bone, the Woody Harrelson, Antonio Banderas oh movie. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> For reals. Uh, I own that movie because I heard Rod Stewart was in it. You can get that on DVD? You can. <laughs> I, I think it came out just as soon as DVDs were coming <laughs> popular. Uh, but, yeah, he's in it briefly, and he's dating Lucy Lawless in it. He takes her to the boxing match. Yeah, and he does uh, the soundtrack. He has the theme song on Inner Space, which is Twisting the Night Away. And then he's also in Patch Adams, which is uh, Faith of the Heart. And then he also did Legal Eagles, which is a Robert Redford movie where he does Love Touch, which is a song he hates more than life itself. How come? Because it's the cheesiest song in the world. <laughs> it's so cheesy. And uh, he he has said... Strapped for money that week, I guess. Huh? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> or they're like, here's a shitload of money. Sing this song. Okay. <laughs> But, they uh, backed a dr- dump truck of cash up to my house. <laughs> what was I supposed to do? I would do it. I would sell out in an instant. Like you could, uh, if I became a movie star like Vin Diesel. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> I would do stuff like The Pacifier because I'd get paid tons of money to do stupid kids movies like The Rock, who is my hero. If you had a ton of money, Ryan, what would be your first purchase? My first purchase? I don't know what my first purchase would be. But if I, I told you this earlier today uh, after the movie because. Of course, PG-13 movies are the worst because you get the little tweenies in it and they talk the whole time. But if I won Powerball, I would buy out every single ticket to a movie I wanted to see in the theater so I would only have my friends in there and I wouldn't have to worry about annoying kids. That'd be awesome because uh, coincidentally, this very situation impeded our ability to enjoy our featured movie review of the podcast, which yes. is... And our uh, the movie we saw today, June 3rd, is X-Men First Class X. X-Men's so cool. We saw it in Extreme Digital. Should we insert the trailer here and then talk about it? Or should we just not insert anything and just go run, you know, full speed ahead? Hey, you're the tech guy, dude. You tell me what to do. It's your show. You tell me what to do. Yeah. Put the what do you fucking want? trailer in Okay, right. Yeah, I'll do it. Oh, God. Don't hurt me. Don't make me watch House of the Dead. <laughs> cool. So, yeah. Okay, I'm going to press a button and the trailer's going to play. You know, I just did a pause so you could put in the trailer. Okay. And now we have to start over, so stop talking. Hit the button, dumbass. Beep. 
you have the chance to become part of something much bigger than yourself. What do you know about me? Everything. A new species is being born. Help me guide it. Shape it. Lead it. Time for the tour. You have no idea what I'd give to feel normal. You want society to accept you, but you can't even accept yourself. Should we have to hide? Tomorrow, mankind will know that mutants exist. They'll fear us, and that fear will turn to hatred. Not if we stop a war. Not if we risk our lives doing so. We have it in us to be the better man. We already are. It shall be the policy of this nation to regard any nuclear missile launched from Cuba as an attack by the Soviet Union on the United States. They're just kids. No, they were kids. You ready for this? Let's find out. The cost of freedom is always high. No one can foresee precisely what course it will take. One path we shall never choose, and that is the path of surrender. Listen to me very carefully, my friend. Killing will not bring you peace. Peace was never an option. Was that so fucking hard to hit that goddamn button, dude? Is like <laughs> it is when you're ordering me around. Well, you know what? Get used to it. This is my show. Real nerds with Asshole. Ryan Frost. Real nerds with Ryan Frost. It's has it's plural. It's nerds in the title, so it yeah. implies that there's other invited, nerds around. I've invited you into. So my why show. would you put with Ryan Frost? So you could just say real nerds and because I told Brad, we already went. Why don't you call it real nerd we with Ryan Frost? And then this, you invite other people around. We went over this at the beginning. Oh Jesus Christ! I need to be the star. I need to be top billing. I need to be Daniel Craig as 007 in Casino Royale. But you you could be first, like, with Ryan Frost, with James Hart, and with Brad Haig. That doesn't make any sense. You could be co-starring. Okay, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, so we saw X-Men First Class today, and overall, I actually thought it was the best X-Men movie. Even better than X2? You know, even better than X2. Wow. And I've... I think X2 is a really cool movie. and But for something about this movie that I really enjoyed, I liked that it was a period piece. And I've said this before, but that's why I'm excited about Captain America, because it takes place in World War II. This one takes place during the Cuban Missile Crisis, and a little World War II, I guess it does. Uh, the introduction of Some Eric of the characters, and yeah. Charles. But yeah, it was, a, it was a cool movie. And it just it had a cool vibe to it. And, uh, the, the actors in it were amazing. Um Eric, uh, what the fuck's his last name? Lencher. No, no. What? Why can't I think of the dude who played him? Michael Fassbender. Yeah, Michael Fassbender. <laughs> dude. 
Uh, I just watched Glorious Bastards last night, so I got. Oh, I, gotta, I can't believe you just now bought the DVD. Uh, well, I know I'm terrible. Well, you have like the Academy Awards sleeve cover, which means you didn't get it when it first I got came it. out. I got it last week. Wow. Yep. Well, I always meant to get it, and I was really slacking, and I was at uh, Best Buy to pick up. Fuck! What did I buy at Best Buy? I don't even remember. Uh, but that happened to be there too for twelve ninety nine, so I got it. Uh, so yeah, I had fun, and he's really good in that movie too. He's not in it very long, but I was watching the special features, and Brad Pitt was talking about him. And he said, "Oh, that guy's going to do something big," and he's kind of exploded in the last uh, couple years after he did that movie. So what else has he done? I don't know. He's in a lot of <laughs> movies though. Quite the explosion, I'd say. <laughs> uh, so is, what are your? Isn't he on some TV show right now? I don't. I don't know. Maybe he's in Mad Men. <laughs> I know John Hamm. That's the only guy I know him. He Mad looks Man. like John Hamm, I guess. He does, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But you know, right away, the movie kind of uh, sets you up, and uh, a lot of people thought X, X three, X Men United, or is it just X Men: The Last Stand? No, it's the last stand. X two is the <laughs> X Men United, which is a terrible name. But uh, The Last Stand is just X3, I guess. The Last Stand, is that how it goes, or just X-Men The Last Stand? Uh, It's X-Men 3, The Last Stand, I believe. Gotcha. I don't Um, really care, because I don't care for the movie. (laughs) Yeah, you know, actually, I was going to... It could be dog shit. (laughs) The Last Stand, I don't... Whatever. So, do you think X2, then, is the best X-Men movie still? I do. And uh, why do you believe it's better than the one we just saw? Um, I think the story is more... um, the the script is tighter and it has Wolverine in it, um, and a lot of the more I know that prominent... that, movie, that movie'd be way better if Wolverine was in it. <laughs> the uh, and a lot of the the mutants characters in X two are more interesting uh, compared to this one. Like one of them is basically like a mosquito <laughs> uh, in this one, um, like a human mosquito, and um, I don't know. Should I, should I, I I I thought this one was good. Um, I you know, but I I can't accurately review it because of all the friggin' distractions. See, you're so the easily distracted. I I'm able to block that out. Um, because I'm really good at blocking out annoying shit. Uh, being a manager, because I just I just filter out all the stupid shit and I focus on what's important. And uh, one of my abilities is if people are talking and um, no, I'm not saying at movies necessarily, but I mean in life, if they're talking, I'm able to take exa- the stupid shit they're saying and then focus on what's important. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm able to zone them out, but the, they were pretty bad in this movie for sure. Yeah. They were just, you know, and the thing that sucked, they were in stereo. We had them on the left and right. Yeah. We had two groups and the one on the left was worse than oh, the one on the right. Worse. I mean, how many times did they actually, get up? They got up, moved to different rows in front of us. And I, I don't think they stopped talking ever. And they were constantly checking their phone and making comments. Uh, not actually, I don't think they were actually watching the movie at all. Yeah. Which they missed Why out. would you spend $12? To sit there and chat and not pay attention to the movie. You know, I don't know, Brad. But uh, back to the movie. (laughs) And they're too young to hold jobs, so it's not their money. Exactly. It's their parents' money that they... There was, what, five of them, so that's like $75 that their parents just wasted. Yeah. Maybe more because... uh, In this economy? Are you kidding me? (laughs) I know, right? What a waste. Um, But we're getting off track. Yeah. The stuff that I did uh, get to pay attention to... like. I wasn't totally taken out of the movie, but I felt like the second half of the movie or the the last third, you know, the climactic battle, it was like um, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Like, I felt when it 
started to connect itself to the mythology of the movies I already understood. Mm-hmm. That's when it got me more interested. Everything like leading up to these arbitrary characters that barely have a backstory. And then what else? I'm trying to remember most like most of the beginning. I just don't remember other than uh, like uh, Sebastian Shaw, Kevin Bacon's character. He was really good in that movie. Yeah, he was. He, he's like uh, really evil. And he, how many languages he he spoke? German, Russian, Russian, English, and then Swiss, uh, uh, French, French. Uh, then uh, Mag- Magneto spoke i think five in that movie hmm. which was funny it made me actually think of inglorious bastards because in that movie michael fassbender too who speaks german uh and at the, fucks at, it up <laughs> at the tavern yeah um so yeah so it's um but it's really cool what i liked is how it actually tied in a historical moment about the cuban missile crisis mm-hmm. because one of the things is they uh in history they never knew why the russians just stood down for some reason, they just decided they weren't going to do it, and mm-hmm. that—I mean—that's that's a real moment. And to add, it's in cool that they, yeah, they take a historical reference and try to give it an explanation through, yeah. And you know, fantasy. I thought uh, the special effects in the movie were pretty good too. Uh, when he was ripping the sub out of the water, it looked really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I think that's always a tough sell in movies, and it even look good in this movie, is when people fly. Sometimes it's, yeah, I think it's like the only special effect that. Like, I felt like a lot of times they felt just composited against yeah. the background. I mean, sometimes it looked really cool. I thought when he was weaving in between the uh, battleships looked really good. But his first flight looked uh, a little goofy when he mm-hmm. went down the satellite. I mean, uh, the sa- yeah, the satellite dish. And I don't know, too, if it's uh, because we were we saw an extreme digital. But it seemed like the because the screen was blown up so much that it was really uh, fuzzy. I, or I, pixelated. I couldn't tell what the experience was that like what the difference was in the experience from any other. Exactly, we paid two more dollars for it. Yeah, for and a bigger screen, basically. Was it bigger? Like, I mean, it's bigger, but it's not. I know, like, it's definitely uh, the bottom of the screen was below the seats. You know, like IMAX mm-hmm. at the the big theater downtown, but I, they don't build it as IMAX, so it's not this that screen. So I don't know. Yeah, uh, but you know when I think of the X Men movies, you know when you start with the first X Men, the first X Men's okay. You know it actually one of the reasons I, I actually hold a special place in my heart for the first X Men movie, is because it actually launched the kind of movies that I really enjoy. A lot of people say Blade, but Blade, I mean it actually did really well. For Blade it. came out before it did. X Men. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, like Blade is the one that made X Men possible because uh, X uh, Blade. I don't know. It was cost twenty million and it made like eighty million or whatever it did, and then so people are like, oh maybe comic books are viable, and then to take uh, something in comic books that's really convoluted, which is the X Men story, and make a, a movie that's you know somewhat decent and and <laughs> characters with more fantastic elements. Yeah, you know. which is really it's a tough sell because one you have to buy in that these people are able to do this and they're living among us. Uh, but yeah, then I mean X X Two X Men United. Which is which was a cool movie. Um, it really catapulted the superhero genre even farther. And then you get to X Men: The Last Stand, and I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. I really don't. I think there's uh, there's some parts in it that don't work, obviously. But I also think like Brett Ratner gets like a bad rap in it, and I mean, well, it, yeah, I mean the director can only do so much. It's, I mean, I don't he's think it's given, the direction. I think it's just more the script. Yeah. But I mean, there. I think in the the last stand, there's actually some powerful moments. 
I think when Wolverine's uh, walking up to kill Gene and he's getting ripped apart, I think it's really cool. And I, I think the music in that part's really um, emotional. But I, my biggest problem with the X-Men The Last Stand is, you know, they kill some characters like they're nothing, uh, you know, Cyclops. It's yeah. Well, disintegrated. It's... Well, he went off to do Superman. I think that's why. Yeah. But still, I mean, as someone who's so... It's like the studio being petty. Exactly. Because one, in the comics, you know, Cyclops is the leader of the X-Men. So to have him just killed in the first, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. Spoiler so, alert. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who hasn't seen X-Men 3 because yeah. it's the highest grossing movie of the X-Men series. Yeah. That's uh, shocking. And then Professor X, even bigger yeah. leader gets wiped out in that movie yeah but you know i even thought that part was pretty interesting um but i mean i, I don't think killing the character uh, it just seems bizarre killing those characters i mean i thought it was powerful and that he knew it was going to happen to him uh and then i mean you can wolverine x-men origins <laughs> is you know it's it's hard because there's some parts I, I i i love hugh jackman i think he really does a great job with wolverine mm-hmm. um but that movie it just I mean, if they would have focused on Wolverine and not all these little mutant cameos as he's trying to find uh, Stryker going through and whatever, yeah. you know, they they could have done without that. And that's was, what like bugs me about like this movie and that uh, a little bit about X-Men 3 is I don't know a lot about the comic mythology, but it seems like they just kind of invent mutant characters Um you know, Based off of little, you know what's funny about cool that? Cool ideas. And huh? That's what Sam, uh, Stan Lee said. He got tired of making origin stories, so he said they were born that way, and so they could have any powers they wanted. So he wouldn't have to think of some crazy. I got bit by a spider. Cosmic rays got me. No, when you hit puberty, you have powers. I, but it's, like, it's some of the powers, like one of the like one of the characters in this movie was basically a fish, a humanoid fish, which I guess. And then he has like. You missed that part? No, yeah, no. Be he, like I'm an idiot. No, no. He adapts to live, <laughs> so he can adapt to anything happening to him. So if he's underwater, he grows gills. Okay. Well, then that then that annoys <laughs> me because it's like Green Lantern style, where you can just think up whatever you want. But you know what? To help you out of it, he didn't. Did, he, he didn't adapt to the fucking fireball getting shoved <laughs> no, in his mouth, did, did he? And that actually thought was a great moment because that just showed how much of a bastard uh, Kevin Bacon's character was yeah. in it. And interesting, like you didn't see Super, did you? I did not. Yeah, see, Kevin Bacon's the villain in that movie, too. Is he really? You know, I, I meant to actually watch that because I was... Uh, it's it's on Netflix, and I was... It's had a little... Oh, I see it. How's it on oh, Netflix? No, I mean, it was Mystery Team I was seeing on Netflix. Oh. You told me to see Mystery Team in it. Yeah, you should still see that, but yeah. yeah. Super okay. might be on demand. I might check it out. Check it out. Uh, but yeah, it's great, and he's even more of a prick. <laughs> really? In that movie. He shoots some lady to make Magneto... He shoots Magneto's mom to... So he unleashes his mutant powers. Is that... Is he worse in Super than he is in that? <laughs> uh, I guess it's a little more graphic uh, in Super. Well, I guess Super's rated R, and it doesn't have to worry about it. But, you yeah. know, there Actually, is... Actually, Rain Wilson inflicts more damage <laughs> on people than... Nice. Uh, Kevin Bacon does it more through a needle, so... But, yeah, it's cool to see Kevin Bacon... And... He's on, like, an, a villain tear. Yeah, it's cool, yeah. because he's a, he's a, always been a good actor, and... <laughs> Ever since Friday the 13th. <laughs> Ever since Friday the 13th, he got his big break. And that one, he just nailed some chick and then got stabbed through the throat. And he was an asshole in Hollow Man. He was. So yeah, he's a pretty good villain. Um, but yeah, he was cool in that movie. Uh, January Jones as Emma Frost was cool because she has ho- big hooters. I also think her character, like, what does her character do other than like a female Professor X? Because she can read minds. Yeah, and, that's what she is in the comics. And she's made of glass. Which she's made of diamond. Diamond. Oh. Yet that can metal crush diamond. 
Make diamond uh, crack. I guess if she loses concentration, I or brass. <laughs> I, I think I don't know. There's a scene in the movie where Magneto makes a brass bed wrap around her throat so that you can maybe it makes choke her, her lose out. concentration, and so her powers are well. No, they they showed like the yeah the, breaking, but that's what I mean. Like her maybe throat the, cracking. Maybe the diamonds lose their turn to cubic zirconia when uh, <laughs> she can't concentrate on making it as hard as a diamond. I saw you see all the like the fanboys and on the internet and. Uh, everything talking about like Emma Frost is so hot she's so amazing and then I watch movies like this where she's just really ineffective yeah in the in the comics she's in the a, comics she's too. a little more meaty she was in that Ast- astonishing x-men and she's you know she's on the good guy's side for one thing yeah Why? she uh you know I I don't follow x-men enough in the comic book world to know uh yeah I stopped after like the 12th issue of that yeah well then you uh was the 12th one good no the, I think it was the last 24 and i think joss whedon wrote 24 issues if i remember correctly but you missed a great last issue with kitty pride um anyways uh but no i I don't know when she turned what's her power kitty pride yeah uh she can um phase through things ah like portal yeah basically or like nightcrawler uh no a nightcrawler is a teleporter so if um kitty pride touches something she can go through it she can walk through a wall Yeah. yeah Nightcrawler can just disappear on one side and appear on the other. Yep. Yeah. There was a Nightcrawler, but he was like a devil Nightcrawler. Yeah. And Oliver Platt was in it. (laughs) (laughs) Not for long. Not for long. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Oliver Platt goes splat. It was funnier the first time. Yeah, it was funnier (laughs) in the movie because, you know. It was in the moment. It was in the moment. Uh, The other thing I didn't like, well, I don't think it really hurt the movie, but... Um, I feel like it was a missed opportunity that, um, I guess we're in spoiler territory. Uh, the, also the end of the movie, uh, they basically, uh, show you Magneto's transformation to, you know, his anti-human, what is it? Force, mm-hmm. he, how he creates it. It's kind of like in the last 10 minutes or so. And I feel like it should have been drawn out across more like movies because this movie was good. Mm-hmm. And it's a missed opportunity because it's a good movie. They could have, you know, stretched this story a little longer across two more movies and made like a, just an origins X Men trilogy. But instead, like he's already on, you know, his I guess antihero side. And now, whatever movie we get next, you know, and Xavier's paralyzed, like all these things that are current staples of the existing movies like you're, they're already connected when it would have been nice to you know like a tv series yeah, where it's drawn out i think you know i think they had to set it up that way because basically you already knew um well i mean i knew that there's uh i mean and they set up mag magneto is just on revenge mm-hmm. and i think they set that up pretty well even in the early movies that they agree on everything except the one big thing and where um charles um, believes in um, the middle. Remember he was teaching Magneto that to harness his powers <laughs> is you have to find a balance between anger and happiness. Serenity. I think he used the word serenity. Is that mm-hmm. what he... I think it's just what he used yeah, in the movie. Right. And so that's what um, Professor X believes. Um, Magneto believes that he is the stronger being and he doesn't have to and because the humans will always fear mutants and yeah, I mean, if uh, someone was that powerful, he's definitely someone to be afraid of. Yeah, but it's also like 
it seems like in the other movies, Professor X, you know, or in the comics too, it feels like they had a long history together. And I don't think this movie shows that. Like it's it's almost like they were hanging out for a month, mm-hmm. and they don't do like even uh, like the first third of the movie, they don't meet. So only two thirds of the movie, they actually spend any time together and build a rapport. And I think by the end of the movie, it's like it feels really rushed. See, I so this is this is where nice we're gonna, to, gonna disagree. Okay, uh, because um, Charles Xavier is already in his professor mode. Mm-hmm. Where he was teaching Magneto to who to be a better person, but Magneto was already down the path of no, I'm, you know, I'm going to do what I want, and you can't stop me because I'm more powerful than you. Mm-hmm. And Professor X is always in that mode that I'm going to try to save him. And they built the he. I think um, Charles was really drawn to him because he thought he could change how he felt, and by you know teaching him the balance between anger and happiness. And in fact, all. Um, Charles did was create a bigger monster. Right. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I think if they, you know, if he... But would that be if, an interesting story? If it crossed three movies, like... Do you think it'd be more interesting for it to cross three movies? Like, um, yeah, Star Wars, episode one, two, and three? I'm just wondering. Yeah, well, <laughs> Luke Skywalker doesn't become a Jedi Knight in, in the first Star Wars, I'm talking you about know? the prequels. Because you don't get Darth Vader right away. You get the sniveling kid, then the whiny bitch, and then... No! Well, Eric Lancher didn't start out as a, as a whiny bitch. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah, it's, it, 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 it does depend on how you handle it, but I mean, yeah. I, I just feel like it's a missed opportunity. Like, I would like to see how much uh, closer their relationship becomes, and therefore, by the third one, once it's like you feel it's a, like there's a real closeness, then there's an event that breaks that it would be much more impactful than just like this one thing during the Cuban Missile Crisis thing. You know? Ah, uh, Brad. And Brad. also like, you, you know, missed the whole emotional impact of that scene. I know, I, I get it. It's just super <laughs> condensed. I'd like to see it drawn out more. There's more opportunities there. Like, and they also wrapped up, okay, this movie could have ended and not like, Xavier didn't have to get paralyzed. It could have been somewhere else down the line so that at the end of this movie, I'd be like, oh, I wonder how, like what event caused xavier to get paralyzed and that could be, that could be you know an easter egg for the next couple <laughs> movies but no they just like well this movie's gonna be it so let's just cram it all together it's and because hopefully that, it'll do well that, and now <laughs> if they do make another one they have nothing to work with like it's just it could be x you know a storyline like x-men 2 or x-men 3 you know yeah but you know fine <laughs> <laughs> whatever you're looking at me like i'm a jackass <laughs> no like, because they have to because they set up the the moment where uh like you know, they already beat Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Like mission accomplished. Like but, that's this story. They yeah, spent tra- the first Charles told hour him not to. That was that was the moment when Magneto right. is Magneto. But Magneto can turn those out. rockets around and be like, okay, well I'm not gonna I got what I wanted out of killing Kevin Bacon. But you I'll the let point. the that's humans live he, that's not what he wants out of it. But just for now, like <laughs> why later on, like yeah. things can com- compound themselves to where like he, it gets worse and worse and makes him angrier and angrier, and then later it's but more convincing also, when he finally turns. But they also set up that uh, I mean, Magneto was right that the f- humans won't be their friends; they'll fear him, and that brought the mutants to the forefront. And now there's the war between Professor X's X Men and the Brotherhood of Evil, which is um, Magneto. I get that. I just I, know. I think it's but, but, too condensed. But no, they have to make it that way because it's a it's an eternal struggle. That's their 
their um, arch enemies, their frenemies, because they they agree on everything except one principle. And then they set that up in that movie because even when actually is, they set it up in all four movies, that a, same shit happens every time. I think you need to rewatch the movies. No, the first one, it's Magneto is going to create that weird bubble thing to, you know, turn everyone into jelly. You know, what, the second you, you one, know what you happens think, to um, toads when they get struck by lightning? <laughs> Dude, don't even go there. <laughs> the same thing, everything else. <laughs> uh, then the second one, you think it's, you know, that's not going to happen at all until, which is a cool reveal that, you know, Magneto turns Xavier's plan against himself. Like mm-hmm. that, that's another thing that makes X-Men 2 as cool as I didn't really see that coming. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I was my my favorite part. My, my favorite part of X Men: The Last Stand is at the very end when Magneto is able to move the metal thing. <laughs> and then the third one is you know <laughs> Magneto taking turning mutants against humans again, and I'm just saying it's been done four times. Uh, but he really didn't turn this mutants this against, movie, huh? He, he didn't turn mutants against humans in that one. He was going to be the one who turned against them. In X-Men 3? Yeah, I thought we were talking about X-Men First Class. Well, by the end of the movie, I'm just saying, like, by the end, he's doing that same shit again. Like, this movie could have ended without... So, like, it, I kn- it ends it's, with... I uh, know it's going to happen later. And you, you just said, told everybody that Sebastian Shaw dies in this movie. <laughs> we told them a lot of spoilers already. <laughs> Does he have, a, like, a mutant name? Or is he just oh, Sebastian, Sebastian Shaw? Shaw? He's the leader the of the Hellfire Club. The Shocker? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's the leader of the Hellfire Club, which they mentioned in that, too. I, I guess I the, didn't hear that because I was distracted by little girls on their phones. You, you were. Um, no, I just like, they don't have to, I know he's going to create the brotherhood. I just don't think I needed to see that in this movie because they did enough stuff already to get stood alone. No, because you know what? Humans didn't paralyze Professor X. Magneto did. <laughs> and I could have waited for another movie to find out. Really? You could have waited one more? That's what I'm saying. is a missed opportunity. There was a breaking point. They could have had another struggle. They could have, like, maybe they could have, you know, the CIA could have been fucking around with them again. And they could have, you know, that could have been Xavier or Xavier's breaking point instead of the Cuban Missile Crisis thing. Because that, that whole story was just built around him getting revenge on Sebastian Shaw. And, like, it, you know, it's it's like the scenario where they throw too many villains. It's like that frustration when you see a comic book movie where they fight too many villains and it doesn't work. That's why I feel like the whole end of where Magneto forms the Brotherhood at the end of this movie. Like, I feel like that's just, it's just kind of tacked on. Hmm. So. I think it's the only place the movie could have gone. <laughs> so you disagree that if he just defeated Sebastian Shaw and they walked away still as like the X-Men with Magneto, you know, yeah. still on the side of good, it would have been a failure. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It would have been wrong. I, I would have... I'd have to... I, I don't see it that way. Because he is already a bad guy. Magneto is already a bad guy. And he just got rid of the one person... I feel like he's an anti-hero. Where he's like... He has... Like, he wants to... See, Magneto is corrupted by He wants by to his change power. the world, but he's he does it in the wrong way. Yeah, that's what I was trying to tell you. He's corrupted by his power. Mm-hmm. They... they uh, Professor X wants it to be harmony. You know, you can live together. Magneto wants absolute power and that he knows that he's superior. And that's where his arrogance comes from. I know why he does it. I'm just saying they could have shown it. I would see. I don't think that would have worked because one, uh, two, Magneto never 
in the comics is never a good guy. That's why he's so complex. It's because you, I think that's why he's such a great character, and that's why we disagree right now. Is because, uh, and that's I why agree he's, he's a great character. I'm just saying. No, that, that's what I'm saying because the the there's the platitude. Just kidding. You don't even know what that word means. Uh, it's a uh, platypus with an attitude. <laughs> Who'd you rip that off from? <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like uh, he. That's why he's a great character because he's a villain, but he's not a villain. Because you can see both sides of who he is. And I think... See, you think you can drag it out for another movie. But it's hard to do that when everybody already knows where it's going to go. You know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's why I'm using a Star Wars analogy. Because if you drag it out, then you get people that get disenchanted with what's happening. Because they already know that he's an all-powerful evil mutant. And so by making him... Right, I want to see how he gets there. You you did see how he got there. (laughs) It's very simplistic. It is. Okay. You're getting so frustrated, Brad. I feel like we're not on the same wavelength. We're not like, on the we same can disagree, wavelength. but I'm just like, I don't think you're understanding where I'm coming no, from. No, I at understand all. where you're coming from. No, you don't. Maybe you're not articulating it good enough then. I guess I'm not. <laughs> so you wanted to drag on. So the, so what would I don't you, want to drag on. No, I just want to examine it more. So what would you have? How would you have that movie end then? Them walk away holding hands? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> You're pushing um, Charles's wheelchair. I I I I think the movie could end, you know, with you know Magneto being frustrated that, like, obviously they have to stop the military of both the Americans and the Russians from uh-huh. killing them. On the fly, I can't write that in my head really quickly. Um, I think he could have dropped the missiles in front of the ships. And spared them, and like you know, to prove that he is more powerful. To prove that he has some restraint, and you know, that he's not entirely crossed over yet, but he's you know he's on the verge of it. So um, obviously, once you know he he neutralizes the threat, so the ships can go away, and they can you know, um, I don't even know how they got off the island anyway, like in the context of the existing movie. But obviously they escape somehow, so they can go back to well, it's just the like X every mansion. Cuban, they just take a <laughs> they like took a, a raft, Tyler a raft a floats by, and they just go across. <laughs> God, you're gonna win over so many fans. Totally. Um, but yeah, and then it could you know come back in the next movie, and like you know, the, obviously the CIA isn't totally trusting of the mutants, and that mm-hmm. could like get under Magneto's skin, and so, um, and then there could be another like event where. Magneto deflects a bullet like later on, you know, I, it, it, those are like good plot points, mm-hmm. interesting plot points. Um, I wasn't even thinking about how professor Xavier got paralyzed in this movie up until they actually fired the gun. Like it didn't occur to me. Um, like that's a staple of who he is later on, mm-hmm. but I totally forgot about it until, you know, Moira picked up the gun and started shooting and deflecting his back. I was like, Oh, that's right. He gets paralyzed. I always wondered how that happened, and unfortunately, like, they just covered it right, right then and there. It just seems too... It's it's an important part of his character, but they just wrapped it up instantly. Mm-hmm. It's akin to, like, showing Jason's mother's head in, like, the first scene mm-hmm. of... You're not even listening to me. No, I am listening You've tuned to you. Out. No, I'm listening to you. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to... I'm soaking it all in because you said I wasn't listening to you. <laughs> so I'm soaking it in. Okay. But uh, 
why I think you're wrong, Brad, because you don't listen to to mine. You just think I'm just some stupid guy. I don't think you're stupid. I'm just I just don't think you're interpreting. And I probably not explaining it well. Like you're 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 fine with you know how quickly all the character arcs wrap themselves up, and I'm just I feel unsatisfied. Mm-hmm. I feel it was too. There's a lot more material to examine and enjoy, and you're fine with just kind of covering. You know, yeah, because to me, in two hours, it, like like, it, it, like it makes two sense. And a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> how but, long was it? I don't know. We were there. It, we went yeah, in at seven thirty, like, and we were out at ten. So yeah, two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Yeah. Well, maybe like two hours, fifteen minutes. Two hours, ten minutes. Here's something else. Hmm. Do you think? Do you think? Because a lot of the commercials said it. Do you think it's better than uh, The Dark Knight? How come? Com- commercials have said it's yeah. Dark Knight. The TV commercials I've been watching said, hmm. um, like, Dark Knight, watch your back. Like, this is the barometer for superhero movies from you now know, on. Um, I, I don't know if I could compare it to it, to Dark Knight. I don't know. It's it's unfair to make that yeah, comparison. Yeah, it's unfair because... And most critics are stupid like that. But. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes critics say stuff like that so they get their name on TV. Exactly. And they get their name on poster. Because, to me, you're comparing them... I don't know how to say it. X-Men is too fantastical to be in the same class as Dark Knight. I don't know if that even makes any sense. Like, you... It just doesn't... They're just... They're two different they, they worlds. They just don't work together. Mm. So for me to compare them, they're superhero movies. And... But I, I still... <laughs> I would... I, I don't think it's better than Dark Knight. I don't think it's better than Spider-Man 2. It, it's somewhere in the middle. Is it better than Iron Man? No. <laughs> you know, it's... Everybody's entitled to their opinion. That's why they're critics. But I, I, I'd, it'd be a tough sell for I think most people to say it's better than The Dark Knight. I think it's they like they make that comparison because it's Dark Knight's regarded as like a smart mm-hmm. superhero movie, and so yeah, obviously we're supposed to feel that things that are smart yeah, it, are. I think it just goes back to when we saw the trailer for Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I hate that fucking name, by the way. Uh but anyways. Uh, you know, th- speaking of the titles with rise in it, what do you feel like, uh, feel about the Dark Knight Rises? I don't know. I, it has to have some meaning to it. That's the only thing I can get out of it because obviously he's an outlaw now. Exactly. So, so to me, something's going to happen in the movie. I think where people will start taking his side again, hmm. and that's how he rises. Or Bane could break his back in the movie and the I don't rises. Know why they don't call it Dark Nightfall because <laughs> Bane's in it. Yeah, the Dark Knight fall. Yeah, I, you know it's a little lame, see, but see, I, it's appropriate. I, yeah, but I trust Christopher Nolan. I wouldn't, you know what I mean? Because even when you uh, like Inception, yeah, no one knew what Inception was. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in the even the uh, the trailers were really a movie not based on an existing property. How yeah. weird! But you know what I mean? Like you didn't know what Inception meant by the trailers, mm-hmm. and so I think uh, that movie Dark Knight Rises might. There might be something to it that maybe it has a Jesus reference. I don't know. Maybe Batman can fly on his own. Maybe. Maybe he gets special powers. <laughs> maybe. He gets bitten by a crow. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think if I saw that in like the first couple minutes, I'd be like, ooh. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I still think Spider-Man 2 is the best superhero movie of all time. Um, just to me because... Well, one, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, but, you know, the sacrifice you make to be a, a superhero is really relayed in that movie very well. Um, but again, you know, I mean, that's, com- I mean, can you could say 
Spider-Man 2 is better than The Dark Knight, but then you're going to have someone say, well, The Dark Knight is better than Spider-Man 2 because of these reasons. Mm-hmm. And again, they're totally different movies, and that's why this... I, I think this is the best X-Men movie. I do. Um, because the things that you don't like about it, I actually really liked about it. Uh, because to me, you know, Magneto, he's never been a good guy, and he never will be. And it's all about... Uh, he even said to Sebastian... But he, he was a good guy. He was sort of good at... Like, he, he was on their side for a little while. But he also doesn't like humans because of... Uh, you remember that he was part of the concentration camps. Right. And that's why he doesn't like humans. He's predisposed to exactly. and this then, existence. Remember, still... before he um, killed Shaw, he said he did make him to who he is. So he took Shaw's ideas, and he's going about it a different way. He's going to wage war on humans. I I don't know. I know what you mean, but like he, I, I think that's the natural evolution for that character. Right. I, I just, I just think we don't have to see him turn right away. You know, I think mm. there's more. You can see more. Yeah. You know, of his breaking point continue. You know, I, I'm thinking back to scenes from the earlier movies, and I mean, there's that scene where uh, him and Charles Xavier and Magneto go because Jean is in the house just before Professor X dies, and they're like walking and talking like friends. Right. Um, so they're yeah I know what you mean. They're according sure. to this movie, they're friends for like two or three weeks. Yeah, to lead to build that rapport where they can walk down that street after they've been fighting constantly for the longest time. I think you know maybe I don't and know. like he has enough good in in him to want to team up against a common threat as we've seen constantly like a threat against mutants. He yeah he, he does. I, I think like there's a part uh, in this like okay I can find a compromise to like we do have a common goal and I want to I need your when, help but. As soon as I get what I need, I'm going to, you know... Yeah, I mean, your points make sense. I mean, I thought it, it was cool. Because, I mean, even in the... I think it was X-Men 3 when um, Charles Xavier died. Mm. He, he lashes out on... Uh, I don't remember the mutant, but remember they're, like, in that base camp where Wolverine starts attacking him and someone says something derogatory towards about Charles Xavier and mm. Magneto gets all pissed off about it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I understand your point, too, but I actually think it... Uh, I think that Professor X views Magneto as his first failure mm-hmm. as a student because, you know, he looks into his memory and they even said in that one moment where Magneto harnesses the most of his power that he forgot about the good memories and that he's solely driven by anger. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I guess it'd be interesting to see what actually, I mean, obviously I know it makes him snap, but. Yeah, I feel like more trials between the two like would have made a more impressive break from their relationship. I mean, it's I just guess, like, it's just this one. I mean, I guess you still could because it's still so early in the forming of it that they don't, I don't know. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. He's not entirely an outlaw yet. Yeah. So Cause they're basically all outlaws because yeah, they don't really know. They're all outcasts. It. Yeah. So, I mean, I, mutants, there's, but. there's, um, there's value in both of them. I, I thought it wrapped it up pretty well. And to me, uh, I mean, they even foreshadowed how Charles would be paralyzed uh, because they had that one scene where, <laughs> uh, you know, Eric told him to pull a gun at point blank range. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like, I can deflect. I know I can. And he does. And that's and it. Yeah, that's true. And, and two, you know, I, I think that's why that scene works so well is because what Charles saw is different than what Eric saw. And that's their that's why they're opposites because Charles saw that was Magneto's fault that he's paralyzed. And Magneto saw it as the woman who was firing guns at him mm-hmm. because you know, and you, I think that's why that dynamic works so well because you can see both points. 
Because, I mean, what is um, Eric supposed to do? Just let her, himself get shot mm. because this chick's firing at him? But at the same time, he's also willing to kill thousands of people. And if he wasn't in his rate, like, if he could control his, you know, anger, he could have deflected those bullets, like, really concentrated on where they were going to go. Yeah. But he's just so blinded by his hatred that he yep. just didn't care where the ricochets went. Yep. So. so I think that's, maybe that's why this is so interesting for us, and hopefully the viewers too, instead of us just bitching like girls at each other, but you know, maybe that's why well, this movie works so effectively, is because the differing of views of... What would you rather have, like a conversation where we're like, yeah, that was cool, I agree. No, 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 that's what I mean. And then we're done in like five minutes. <laughs> no, that's what I mean, I think it's pretty interesting yeah, uh, how we both interpret the movie. The conflict is, yeah. Uh, I still think it was a good movie, like in the context of itself. Yeah, um, no... I, mean, I just feel like there's a missed opportunity. That's and you know you never know. Maybe they'll still have one. Yeah, and like like you said, you know, Magneto can come back, and they could still conceivably team up. You know, Magneto. I, I don't feel like he's entirely crossed over, but this you know, incident has. The only thing I can think of, actually, I think a story that might actually make him so they would is in the comic books. The government makes Sentinels, and they're the huge robots that hunt mutants, mm. and so maybe. Um, He's like, are you fucking kidding me? How can we not hate them now? Yeah, because yeah, Magneto was hunted as a, a Jewish person in Poland, and that's mm. how he got in the concentration camp. So maybe those guys will team up. I mean, that would work. Um, I, I'm no screenwriter for billions of dollar franchises, but <laughs> I mean, I think that's a pretty good idea. So Marvel, if you're listening, that's my idea. <laughs> C, Ryan Frost. C, Ryan Frost. But yeah, no, I thought, uh, no, I thought the movie was really cool, and... I don't think there was missed opportunities. I thought it, uh, what I got out of it was what I liked. And I, and that's why I still defend, uh, the revenge of the Sith because I still think that's right. I forgot about that because <laughs> I still think even, uh, like Anakin's fall from grace, I still think is like really sad. And I think, um, Eric's fall from grace is sad too, because I thought there was actual genuine tension too in the climax with uh, him holding those missiles and them being fired back at him. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm like, oh my gosh, are they really going to kill all these people? And is that how Mag- Magneto becomes like the world's most feared mutant? But I think, too, how they resolved it is he actually, that might actually add to his status, is that, yes, I can do that, so I wouldn't fuck with me. <laughs> that, that's what I get from it. And, and the same thing with uh, Revenge of the Sith. I think... Uh, Anakin, uh, you know, killing the children um, because he's so blinded by hatred and he's so afraid of it that. But I actually, don't leave that movie thinking that Darth Vader is the most feared Sith Lord after Revenge of the Sith. You know, I, I do think they really missed an opportunity in that prequel. He should have been Darth Vader in the second one, and mm. in the third one, he should have just fucking kicked ass as Darth Vader. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> because you know, one of the coolest things in um, a Star Wars video game I have the force unleashed the first level is your darth vader and you walk through uh what's the name of the the wookie planet, planet? kashik kashik you walk through that and you can literally destroy mountains with the force and i think that's really cool and they i think they really missed an opportunity with darth vader yeah they, they should still make a darth vader movie <laughs> i i do think so like i think they should like the godfather part three the <laughs> fall the the death of michael corleone but the death of darth vader yeah. or i guess the rise of darth vader the rise of darth vader i think it would be cool if George Lucas didn't write it, <laughs> um, see the uh, Empire and Jedi were both directed by different people, other directors, and written by different people. So they were able to interpret the material and make exactly. It more... That's what I mean. Like I'm not taking. I think George Lucas is a good filmmaker. I think he has great ideas, but 
I don't think he handles actors very well. And I've read many interviews with actors that say he's not really concerned about what you do as an actor. He kind of just says he's more concerned about the look and by some of the performances in his movies, yes. Because he takes actors I think are actually really good. I think Hayden Christensen is a good actor. But he gets crappy dialogue and, uh, you know, stuff like, but from my point of view, the Jedi were wrong. You know, you don't need to say that. We already know that you believe the Jedi are wrong and how they feel because he's been shunned by the council. And I I think it's like he, George Lucas makes movies to talk down to the audience so children can get it. And I don't think he realizes that Star Wars is 40, almost 40 years ago. That might have worked, yeah, so you four years ago. So you don't need that because everybody already audience. knows the story. The so people who are need... fans of Star Wars are now <laughs> 40 years old. Exactly, you know? And yeah. so that's why I think that's why I think the biggest problem in those movies are. Because, I mean, you can even point at any of the prequels, and there's cool scenes in them. You know, if it's the pod race or the that battle in the Coliseum and the Attack of the Clones is cool. Yeah. The dual lightsaber battle against Darth Maul, which oh, yeah. was a big wasted character. A total wasted character. Um, he could... In, uh, the CGI cartoon on Cartoon Network, they bring Darth Maul back with like a robot just underside. Like, yeah, so like, he could have showed up in Revenge of the Sith. Again, you're just pointing out that people take his material and make it better. Mm. Because I've had many people, read many people say that the Clone Wars cartoon's really cool. Yeah, I didn't, I, it's cool they thought that up because, you know, uh, in the first Star Wars, like aliens get their limbs cut off and they're like cauterized. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Darth Maul's midsection was totally sealed up. He could have crawled away. Yeah. Got a robot body. Well, I, mean, I mean, there's a there's a whole character. General Grievous is just a big yeah. cyborg. And, I mean, it's even... Totally I, uh, you know, Anakin gets pretty fucked up. Yeah. And he comes back. Darth Vader, so yeah. I think he gets messed up worse than... Speaking of the look of the movie, I just saw Revenge of the Sith, uh, part of it, on uh, television. Uh-huh. And it's in high definition. And that movie actually looks better, like, special effects-wise. Because, you know, on DVD, I feel like the CGI stands out from the live action drastically. Um, And with the high definition of the film and the CGI being together, it actually looks better. Really? I just noticed that. Well, I'm excited for the the Blu-rays. The Blu-rays, yeah. I want to see. Because I'm still a fan. And, you know... Yeah, I still love Star Wars. I just care a little less about the first... (laughs) How many uh, times you see the first one? I forget. I oh, I, I saw the, 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 I saw, what's it, The Phantom Menace in theaters in 99, 12 times. <laughs> I slept through two of them because <laughs> uh, I was exhausted in his high school. So why did you want to see that movie 12 times? I thought like that Darth Maul, well, mm-hmm. the, wait a minute, the pod race, right? Yeah. Um, and this is a time when, you know, CGI is still kind of fresh and mm-hmm. um, THX was like the digital audio format mm-hmm. so just the experience of the theater like it was so cool and like i didn't mind jar jar binks that much like he was annoying but i, I still think he's that bad I, you know it didn't I take it, me out of the movie yeah, when entirely. i watched it again recently and you take away the hype and the people just hitting hating on it it's not that bad of a movie yeah the experience of like the sound of the pod race um and then yeah the qui-gon Jin, obi-wan kenobi darth maul like the choreography of that fight is just badass yeah um so at the time, you know, and it's also like I haven't my cinematic experience at age, what, 16, 17 is still limited. Like I've mm. in the past decade, I've seen way more movies than I saw up to that point. Yeah. So it, it you know, that experience was exciting. Now it's dwarfed by <laughs> all the 
Oh, cool yeah, stuff I've seen since then, but yeah. yeah. I mean, we went off topic, but you know, and that, tickets for five bucks, so yeah, so, <laughs> way easier to deal with. Yeah, you can you know you could hit your mom up for twenty bucks. You see a movie four times. Exactly. Now twenty bucks, you get into movie once, once, <laughs> <laughs> once, and maybe some popcorn. Maybe, maybe. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's shaping up to be a cool summer. Um, I like Thor a lot. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about it. Uh, with James, but yeah, why don't you talk about Thor? I thought Thor was really cool. You know, I, there's of all the superhero movies that were coming out, that was the one I was worried the most about hmm. because it just seems so ridiculous. You you have um, alien beings that in the comics they're gods, in the movie they're alien protectors of the universe. Well, so far all the Marvel movies are based on people from Earth, like Fantastic yeah. Four, just mutated scientists, and yeah. Iron Man is a tech whiz and mm-hmm. from earth and uh, spider-man is just a kid and yeah, the everyday gets, guy yeah so yeah so i mean there's a big risk in that but i think the way the movie was handled and probably taking the director they took to handle that material as well as he did probably helped a lot um you know it's just a cool movie like i enjoyed it that's all and i thought that's the fro- all you can say you know, about it <laughs> no like, I, I thought the frost giants looked really cool in it really I, yeah i thought they looked like power rangers villains really yeah no i thought it was cool and the, the planet was cool and uh well you have this whole you have this whole race of beings and they all basically look alike and there's apparently no females i guess a, they reproduce asexually when you're, when you're immortal um <laughs> frost giants are immortal i guess I don't can know. immortals kill other immortals you can die dude uh thor's immortal but, right, right. Uh, you know, I thought Loki in it was really good. Mm. And that's actually kind of a... Because um, when I was watching it, I knew... I mean, Loki is the god of mischief. And so you're watching it, and you're like, oh, this guy's kind of straight-laced. But then how you saw, as the movie progressed, how he was playing everybody. if Whether it was the Frost Giants, his father, Odin, Thor, his mother. He kind of played up that angle big time because he was never accepted like Thor was because Thor is, you know... The handsome, handsome athletic, handsome athletic. The traditional, yeah, the blonde hair, blue eyed guy, and yeah, um, yeah it, was, it was a cool movie. And Loki's a little bit like Magneto, where he has a diabolical plan and good intentions, but he goes yeah. about it all wrong. Exactly. You know, I, I think a lot of, uh, I think that's why I like Marvel more, is because I think their characters are more a little more realistic as much as they possibly could fuck be. that shit and fuck you. <laughs> you know, what I mean, as, as much as they possibly could be. Uh, where DC, it's in the comics, anyways. I mean, even now, I mean, I, I, I stopped reading Batman because it's too confusing. Like Grant Morrison's Batman's annoying to me. Oh, the comics? I've bought them, but I haven't read them. Uh, because yeah. uh, everybody loves his comics, but like to me, they're so confusing. It's like, how many Batmans are? Who's this Batman? Who's this Batman? Um, Batman goes back in time, then he has to fight his way to come back in time. Like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. And that's what DC does a lot, and they always they're constantly revamping everything they do i mean even now they have um like the green lantern was a big storyline i'm sure you remember a few years ago Dark, uh blackest night or whatever the blackest night they actually yeah they I never read it war of the green lanterns i think then it's blackest night and it's the brightest day and now it's like flashpoint and every time they like relaunch the titles with new backstories and it's just and that's why i can never get into um infinite crisis because it's like you're dealing with 15 different versions of superman you know, why can't they just have one? And all these like why do they D-list characters that apparently were big in the '60s, yeah, and now they're prominent and they don't really set up the backstory. So you're just like constantly jumping between 
and they're never in the same situation like infinite crisis jumps to all these different isolated situations yeah. that apply to the event and if you didn't if you didn't grow up in the past 40 years you're completely lost well yeah too i mean i understand you know, I, a lot of comics revamp and they do that. Who's that guy? Why is he yeah. cool? I don't know. And that's fine. You know, I don't care that they revamp. Um, but, you know, DC, they made the revamps part of their continuity. So you have to, like, uh, Superboy is Superman from a different world. And you just, like, what? Why? This doesn't make absolutely no sense. So um, the death of Superman, you know, in the 90s cheapens it because you know he's going to come back. And when they uh, were thinking of passing on the Superman mantle to somebody. They basically just took Superman from different worlds and they all came into the real world. I don't even know which one it is. And who's going to be the real Superman? And then the real Superman comes back anyways because he's able to come back from another world. And it's just, it's ridiculous. And so that's why I tend to like Marvel more because you can take villains like um, Dr. Octopus. Is he really a bad guy? Or is he put in a situation where he is a bad guy? And, you know... um, the same thing, well, the Green Goblin, he's different. He's he's an asshole. But like, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? And uh, that's where I think Loki and people um, like Magneto are more interesting. Loki, though, is not necessarily a Marvel character, though, because he's based on he is, existing he's, mythology so, so from Thor history. and Odin. Right. Uh, but what Marvel did is they made him, you know, part of their stable. Yeah. It's just like Hercules. Hercules, I think, is in DC and Marvel. And it's kind of who you, how you handle the character, right? Um, I mean, in the comics, though, I, I've only read a few Loki stories, but he's in, in, he's actually really cool. In uh, I just read uh, Siege, where he tricks everybody to attack Asgard so he can be the ultimate ruler of Asgard, and he makes a deal with uh, Mephisto, who is basically Marvel's version of Satan. And it's a really cool how he tricks people, and but it blows up in his face. <laughs> Like, a lot of times, because he... And just like in the Thor movie, he tries to meddle in too many different things and eventually just caves in on himself because he tries to be mischievous. So, yeah, no, Thor was cool. And I'm, like I said, I was really worried about that one because I didn't know how they were going to make so it work. It's so fantastic. Yeah, like, how are yeah. they going to make this work? And uh, I, I did find a piece of information that Joss Whedon directed the little... What would the- you call it? Epilogue, I guess, to... The Easter egg at the end, I yeah, guess. Yeah, the Easter egg of... Um, I just learned what the thing is in the case today. Yeah. It's called the Cosmic Cube. It is called the Cosmic Cube. I, I never heard of it until just now. Uh, the Cosmic Cube is... Uh, I don't even know how to describe it where it doesn't sound totally stupid. <laughs> um, but there's a great story when with Captain America and the Red Skull. The Red Skull knew he was about to be assassinated, so he put himself in the Cosmic Cube and put him, transferred his body into another person. When does Captain America come out? July 22nd. Why doesn't it come out July 4th? I still think it should have came out July 4th. I agree. I, yeah. But they're so worried about Transformers Dark of the Moon that they did not release it. Which, then. I can't believe I'm only seeing that trailer, what, three weeks before it opens? Yeah, I saw it a few weeks ago. Like, but but I, I, I'm sorry, I cannot get in those Transformer movies. I actually thought that trailer was kind of badass. But oh, the, No, there's moments in there really cool. Like, I like the, uh, the robot that's wrapping around the building and it was toppling and... But it reminded me of 9-11, so I don't it know how really to deal did. with it. People it's are going to hate ten, me now. Yeah, it's been 10 years, Brad. Let it go. <laughs> but we'll never forget. I hate that saying. I hate that saying, we'll never forget, 
because no, you won't forget. That's like too important to forget. It I implies hate... that people are going to forget about it. Exactly. And I hate the when you're watching a sporting event and let's say it's game six and the team that's down three to two is losing the game and they show that one fan who's holding up the sign that says, we believe. <sighs> I hate that. And I hate when fo- on football uh, ones when they're talking about rookies and they go, the maturation process of Tim Tebow is amazing. I hate the word maturation. I don't know why, but to me it sounds like football is trying to associate big words with a sport where you just bang heads. Warning, warning, diverting from movies. Diverting <laughs> yeah. from movies. Back Anyways, but that's what, you know. Yeah. But yeah, Josh, we directed that part of that movie. And it makes sense because it's going to apply to the Avengers, Avengers movie. And uh, I'm guessing Loki is going to trick somebody into helping him. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because he fell into the universe. Spoiler alert! <laughs> at the end of the movie, I don't. I guess he just. I thought he died. <laughs> he fell somewhere. <laughs> you know, I don't know where he fell. And actually, you know, he's just floating sure, along for hours. And I'm hours. sure most people have seen it by then. But I like the little Hawkeye uh, Not, cameo yeah. in it. Actually, the Marvel movies have put a little nice little cameos in the last one. I will say the X Men First Class has the best Marvel cameo ever. Oh, that's right. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, I will not tell you who's in it, but it has the best cameo of any Marvel movie. So we're gonna tell them like how the movie ends and who dies. <laughs> yeah. We're not gonna tell them about the cameo. No, I want them to see it. <laughs> that's true. It's better if you don't know. It's so better you go see. Yeah, it's it's funny and it's really appropriate. So yeah, it's really appropriate. It's the best cameo I've seen in a while yeah i mean what cameo would you compare it to i mean i'm trying to think of one i don't an instance where i've someone has appeared on and screen and i've been impre- like surprised yeah, yeah i guess surprise is a better word um and not, it's not even like the fact it's on screen it's also what he says too yeah exactly it's great it's like cause, it's really it, it's it's surprising it really yeah. is because they're able to keep it a secret Mm-hmm. You know, and I know. I, I you something like that. You think you would have read about, by especially now. someone that big. In this day and age. Yeah, the, yeah. Ugh, I probably just ruined it. But like, no, <laughs> it, it's something so big that you think someone on who was in the crew that day would have said something, mm-hmm. or it would have leaked like the, the, the Christian Bale tapes, pictures. Yeah. You know, yeah, the Christian Bale tapes. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there's there's a great moment in that movie, and it was really. Sh- surprising but you shouldn't be surprised but you are really surprised that moment actually woke me up in the movie <laughs> not that i was sleeping but like i was kind of like yeah you're in between in between like i'm uh, not kind of really invested in what's going on and i'm also distracted by these bitches and mm-hmm. when that came on screen i was like i'm in yes. <laughs> i'm back in this game and i think i think in the theater me and you were the only ones laughing yeah i don't know if people didn't get it or what what the i think uh. i think uh maybe they were less educated and they were thinking like how how can he in this time how can he because they don't actually know the backstory of that character yeah, entirely so they're just kind of spending time trying to figure out why he's there or how he can be there yeah yeah i guess so but oh, that's adorable <laughs> but, um yeah it was a really cool moment in the movie and uh, there's actually another cameo and we didn't hear about either there's two cameos in that movie that yeah little, uh the other one is not as cool as the other one but still kind and of if interesting. you blink you kind of miss it but, but it's still kind of interesting because it pays off in the later movies and why uh, Mystique is with uh, Magneto. Mm-hmm. So, and it's interesting that like that didn't slip through either because exactly because, you know, they must've, she has a rather large salary. I imagine. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I couldn't even imagine the other one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, ha- I'm guessing a million dollars just shut to up, show up. Shut up. <laughs> Sorry to give it away. But you know what I mean? It's, it's cool. And yeah. And James McAvoy, I'm, I'm really starting to dig him. I think he's a cool actor. I haven't seen him in Wanted, so... Oh, Wanted's a cool movie. That's what I heard. 
uh, it's a movie where it's kind of ridiculous, but it's cool. Like it has cool action pieces in it, and it's shot by a Russian, so it has some weird moments too. Remember, Catwoman was directed by a guy named Pitoff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we better just forget about Catwoman. All right. Um, but, sorry, I wanted to say about Thor. Uh, go ahead. Like I liked it too. Um, I didn't think it was great, but no. it was still entertaining, and Chris Hemsworth is charming and yeah. everything. But the thing about that movie is I didn't feel like there was a real sense of menace or danger no. for any of the characters. Like, they were never really in trouble. No, because that's the hard... That's where my trepidation came, because, I mean, he's so powerful and he's immortal. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously... When he's stripped of his powers, his power, there's a sense know. of danger. But still, like, I didn't get the feeling like he'd been on Earth long enough to really, like, yeah. change his own character. It seemed like just, oh... Like, I can't pick up the hammer, so I suck. I, I'm humbled again. You know, it's yeah. too easy. And, and then, then also... Seeing, seeing as, as people get hurt, like, changed him instantly. Mm-hmm. That seemed... Uh, Make him want to suck. Like, I didn't feel like he loved humanity. Yeah. See, to me, that's that more convenient than the ending of X-Men first I class. agree. I agree. It definitely. Yeah. Um, and also, like, him and Natalie Portman, like, falling for each other. Yeah. It seemed like... Because he's just a hot-looking guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's really shallow. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It worked because my wife is saying, oh, he's so hot. Bitch. Yeah. But that's... we Literally, I think we argued about the ending of X-Men for like 20 minutes, but we won't spoil the cameo in <laughs> X-Men. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I, I, but, you know, I guess... It worked for me. I think if I had known that going in, I've been like, you know, looking for it. Yeah. So... That's true. Because it's good did, that we're not saying it. Yeah, you know, you did hear about... Uh, Tony Stark being in The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, yeah and you're also just, like, you know where it's going to appear. Because they always typically, at the, at the end... Yeah. Like, the Hawkeye cameo is cool because... Yeah, because it's right in the middle. And, you know, it should have given us away in Thor because the dude's like, grab your weapons, and he grabbed a bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get it until... Oh, you didn't? Uh, not right away, and then I saw Jimmy Rainier. I'm like, oh, there's Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah, as soon as the bow and arrow came up, I was like, nice. cameo. Yeah. And oh, Stan Lee's cameo. Stan Lee's cameo was in epic in that one. Thor too. was great too. I wonder why he didn't have one in X Men. Maybe there's probably no good time to fit him. Oh, in you're there. right. I didn't even think of that because he's supposed to be in all of them. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. I guess there maybe wasn't a moment to really fit him in. Can you think of a moment? I can't. Uh, he could have been one of the CIA CIA. I agents. guess maybe he might be in there. It might be, just be really concealed. Well, you know, the only th- I guess the only one I could maybe see him being it is when. Um, Professor X is using um, Cerebro. Cerebus? What's Cerebro. Cerebro. Oh, yeah. He and might have been. Could, in the, and could flash through the it crowd. or something. Yeah. Yeah. have to check for that's, it That must be the first. That's probably the first Marvel. Oh, he's not in. No, he is in Daredevil. Can you imagine? Can you think of a reason why the property of first class would exclude him from that right? It's no. done by Fox, right? Yeah. No. No, I don't remember seeing the 20th century. It Did is miss- Fox. That was at the beginning of the yeah. whole searchlight thing yeah were you at this movie i think i was sneering to my left and my right uh stan lee did ruin his cameo in spider-man though the new one Mm -hmm. he told it already yeah i was uh he's at a panel at some comic comic con and uh he plays a librarian and he's stamping books and in the background spider-man's fighting the lizard (laughs) and they said the big reveal there's a lizard in it i'm pretty sure everyone already knew the lizard was in the movie (laughs) since the main villain is dr kurt connors i don't know actually i think there was actually a bigger reveal from who the fuck was it some like stupid 80s actor who's in the movie really short he's he he ruined like a climax gary scene. coleman 
No, he's uh. <laughs> oh, the scene is short. <laughs> yeah, like uh, fuck. What is his name? Antonio? No, I don't remember. But anyways, he evidently Spider-Man and the Lizard are fighting on a bridge. The thing that sucks about information now, you can't click on it without finding out things. Yeah. Fighting I mean, on a bridge, huh? Yeah. Green Goblin style. Green Goblin style. I know they they did. Uh, there is a sweet picture that they released online of Oscorp like the building so I, my hope in this is, is the building cgi or is it no it was a real building no. like it had it looked like uh the front it just had like the oscorp like name on it so it wasn't like but it doesn't look stamped on either no it doesn't it like, looks hey, like here's this like, recognizable building like yeah it looks like someone daily took it with an iphone like that was part of just watching them film nice yeah so i'm hoping that uh the trilogy concludes with the death of gwen stacy or if the second one is the death of gwen stacy because I think it'd be really interesting. And hopefully they'll give the Green Goblin a cooler costume. I think Willem Dafoe is great as a Green Goblin, the character-wise, but the costume was terrible. Mm. It was very... You have that book of, like, the production art yeah. for Spider-Man, and oh, the, yeah. the, most of those throwaway designs look way better than oh, what they dude, actually end up uh, using. There's one I really like to... It's actually on the DVD. It's, like, designing the Goblin, like, the Ultimate Edition that you can't find anywhere else but now. Because they don't put the extras on the Blu-ray. Stupid. <laughs> but it's like uh, he's kind of more mechanized and he has like goggles on, but he uh, the goggles kind of give him like a menacing look and they don't have that huge helmet covering his whole face. Right. And actually, Sam Raimi said that was the biggest mistake he made in that movie. And that's why, too, uh, in Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man gets his mask ripped off because he wants the emotions to come through. Mm-hmm. And he thought that uh, scene where the green goblin wants spider-man to join him where they're both talking through their masks on the rooftop yeah, yeah. he's like i really missed an opportunity there to really show things kevin smith jokes about it as like like watching someone playing with their toys yeah action figures just kind of on the blu-ray it looks a lot better because you can actually because of the resolution you can you see can through s- the mesh you can see his... through the mesh and i th- actually think the costume looks better on blu-ray because you can see purple in it like on his head and it, it looks better mm-hmm. um it translates better but still not that good <laughs> That's the one disappointing thing. Because, like, you know, I love the Green Goblin. And I'm like, oh. I understand that they can't put a dude in green long johns playing <laughs> uh, a character. With, like, a hoodie. <laughs> but I think the new design of the Green Goblin would actually work. Because the new design is uh, is just chainmail. And, like, he's more of, like, a gargoyle-looking kind of thing than just some goofy-looking... He doesn't look like a goblin. I don't know. I guess he kind of does. In the context of it being, like, a military project. Yeah, it, it makes, makes sense, sense. But whatever break it up with some black or something yeah (laughs) not just like a complete green but that's what's cool you know i I like directors that can admit the mistakes they made Mm -hmm. you know and that's why he chose doc ock for the next one and the sandman in the third one he wanted real people to show up Mm -hmm. and not some alien from another planet yeah he did not want that in that (laughs) um you said you had some other segments lined up for oh no i was gonna talk about the x-men movies and uh we kind of just went all around oh the x-men movies i thought you said when we started this you had like tons of material but just the reviews uh yeah no i just wouldn't know how you felt about x-men movies and where you thought oh. this one how it played and and then you went off and got really mad because you thought i didn't understand what you were talking about i didn't get mad i it's it's a so animated you guys can't see it's an argument because you're just hearing us talk he's hitting me at this time <laughs> my cat's running away she's afraid my dog's dead lying in the middle of the ro- the, the apartment <laughs> It was scary. You don't want to see Brad like this again. But yeah, no. Uh, what else? We talked about... I was going to say, because we were talking about 
uh, villain costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of the Bane costume? I actually thought it looked pretty cool because mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> honestly, when I heard Bane was in the movie, I'm like, oh no! You think of the Batman and Robin? Not Bane the, instantly. not only the Batman and Robin one, but the Bane in the comics is I don't think it's that cool of a character either. I think it's cool that he. I, I think the idea of him's cool, but the character is not that cool. Does that make sense? Like, I, I think it's cool that you have someone who's so strong and he's juiced up as a cool character, but I don't, I don't know. The luchador mask and the... Yeah, exactly. Like, he just looks goofy. Mm. But then, you know, they show the picture online and I'm like, eh, maybe... It's, it's more mechanical and yeah. more... Yeah. I, and I'd be really shocked if Bane's the main villain in this movie. Oh, yeah, because there might be Talia al Ghul or something. I think this script is going to be pretty amazing. Oh, Based yeah. Based on, like, the little stuff that they're releasing, like... Bane and like just the little hint of how different he's going to be looking from the comics and then um, the people you hear like you don't know who they're playing yet but like who they're bringing on it's just gets a sense that there's this huge there's something massive epic going thing on. going on because I mean have they even said who um, Joseph Gordon Love is playing they have said they... he was like um, a Falcone family member but mm-hmm. now he's maybe just a cop a dirt yeah, detective but see, that's why i think it's like really misleading yeah and i mean the same thing with the dark knight you had i mean you knew the joker and um two-face were going to be in it but how they went around it is amazing piece of storytelling mm-hmm. um and two i think maybe the you know i was just thinking the title the dark knight rises because this is what i think is going to happen in the movie and i might be way off base here uh, you follow batman more than i do oh, i do because i he's my favorite yeah so i think that Batman basically goes away, and Catwoman comes in, kind of fills his place. But she's, wait, he goes away from crime fighting altogether. Yeah, like just hides because he's a wanted man, so he really can't. Doesn't feel like Batman to me. I I think he would be a wanted man, but he would still fight crime, but not on a scale that. That's what I mean. And then so you have Catwoman coming in to fight crime and her methods because she doesn't have. I mean, uh, they they even Eric Roberts' character even said in The Dark Knight he difference between Harvey Dent and. Uh, Batman is Harvey Dent will kill you. Batman will not kill you. Mm. And I think um, Selena Kyle will come in and as a vigilante and she'll kill people. And that brings Batman. And steal jewels. And steal stuff. And it'll like make the Dark Knight rise and be like, you know what? This is my city. I'm not going to let this woman taint. I I don't know. That's why I think like that's how he's going to come back is because the Catwoman gets out of control. I'm trying to think because like the Joker is Batman's ultimate threat Mm -hmm. and the Joker symbolizes chaos. The only thing I can't figure out is like what besides that um, besides, you know, ultimate chaos could convince Batman to return to his. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't existing th- or his previous incarnation. The only thing I think of is uh, that's my guess is the Catwoman It crosses a line Yeah, where she, I don't even know what she would do, you know, cause she's not even, she's not really a hero cause she, she's like an anti-hero, you know, she doesn't, I don't know. I'm, she won't kill like, good people yeah that's what i mean i bet she'll get she'll kill bad people but even batman doesn't believe in killing yeah because he let the joker live at the end of the dark night so yeah. you know he's not um god that's so sad that he's the actor played him's <laughs> dead because it could have been so great um where was i going with that i forgot i don't know shit <laughs> <laughs> but we love comic book movies mm-hmm yeah, I'm excited for Dark Knight Rises, and it should be a... I'm getting anxious because you'd think they would have a Spider-Man trailer by now. Yeah, I, I was going to say, oh, that's what I was going to say. Like, 
I heard online that there was going to be a Dark Knight Rises teaser, like that logo with the Joker talking behind it mm-hmm. last time. Didn't show up for Bane or whatever, but... You know, I'd be... Yeah, there hasn't been a Spider-Man I'd, I'd, teaser either. I'd actually say that if there was a Dark Knight Rises one, it'd be in front of Green Lantern, because it's the same character. Mm. And then I'm hoping that Captain America, there's a Spider-Man one. You know, it could just be a little one. Um, one of my favorite teasers of all time is the one you'll never see again is the original spider-man teaser oh, i remember um I'll, I'll i'll humor people online if they've never seen it uh there's guys robbing a bank and they try to get away on a helicopter and they fly into spider-man's web in between the two twin towers that he catches this helicopter and that's the end of the teaser actually i think he's he's like shimmies down too doesn't he no i don't remember I know, I know the two towers catch the helicopter. Yeah, um, I, don't, I think it might transition like he flies into the screen or something. Yeah, something like that. And I it shows like the date. Oh yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it was that last scene because remember he's like with great power comes great responsibility at the end of the movie where he's running and shooting and yeah, and maybe that's what it did. But I, I think it's okay to release that now. <laughs> I mean, they've made movies based on nine eleven. <laughs> they still released the nineteen seventy King Kong where he fights on top of the World Trade Center. I don't think it's insensitive to have that. I don't know. I could be wrong. If anything, it's showing in a heroic light. Exactly. It's stopping bad guys. Spider-Man's awesome. Um, also, the poster with the mm-hmm. reflection. You should yeah. get your hands on that. Yeah, that's a collector's item for sure. But yeah, what other movies have come out that we haven't talked about? Um, well, Summer kicked off with Thor. Fast Five, dude. Oh yeah, Dwayne Johnson. Let's talk about baby. that. I can't because I didn't see it. You should. Or do see I want it. to see it? <laughs> you should see it. And you only saw it because your wife dragged you to yeah, it. It wasn't that bad though. I'll be honest. Because oh, I saw the. Fuck, I hate you. I saw the one before that because my wife loves Vin Diesel and he's the worst actor ever. But the the one before that, Fast and Furious, was terrible. Like when the the cars are dri- driving like they're supposed to be smuggling cars, so they're driving through mines and the Mexican border to bring drugs. I don't even remember. But I remember looking at it, I'm like, oh, this looks like a PlayStation Two opening cg movie and uh and this one they actually made it more of a like a a heist film where they're trying to steal this money and the rock is pursuing them and the rock's really cool in it that's why i like the movie yeah the rock's (laughs) badass in it he was just in a movie called faster (laughs) he was my brother said that movie's awesome that's the only rock movie i've never seen really i kept on meaning to get it but it's still like 24 bucks on blu-ray it's not on netflix or nothing Mm -mm. yeah so I don't want to spend $24 on it, though, if I don't know if it's good. But I'm sure it's awesome because it's The Rock. But so, yeah, then we talked about Thor. It came out after Thor. When was the next week? I don't remember. Pirates. Now, that was two weeks after. What came out in between? Because Thor was May 5th. I don't think we went and saw a movie that week. And there was another one. Or you did, and I didn't. I saw Hobo with a Shotgun. Yeah. That was badass. I saw Bridesmaid this week. That was good. I kind of want to see that. It's funny. You should see it. Yeah. I like raunchy comedies. It is pretty raunchy. Good. But there's no tits in it. What's up with that? I was hoping to see that Kristen Wiig, like... Oh, yeah. She would bust those out. Totally. <laughs> she does have sex a lot in the movie, though. But she always has a bra on. Lame. She did that in um, MacGruber, too, right? Yep. <laughs> MacGruber. Such an underrated movie. <laughs> oh, I know. I love it. I know that movie's so funny. Actually, listening to uh, a certain other, other in our past, like movie podcast on the old show, 
um, actually regretted not putting that in my top 10. It should have been in there. I know. I, I actually, I, I think I left it off because I knew you'd have it. Yeah, and, I and so when you said I had to talk about Exit Through the Gift Shop that I've never seen. James and I both <laughs> approved of it. You should like it. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, awesome. on, it's on Netflix. I should watch it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's in my instant queue. I mean to watch it, but yeah. I'm not a big fan of Netflix. What? Uh, why, Brian? Because, that blows my mind. Uh, it's so convenient. It is convenient. Gives you movie... access to movies you would never be able to find in yeah, a store. Yeah, exactly. The, but the movie, I'd say 90% of the movies on there are shit. Like, uh, I can't... When you're trying to buy the rights to make your catalog look huge, like, you're just paying for whatever you can yeah, get. Yeah, I mean, the thing I do... The, you're right. The thing I do like about it is I can... Um, there could be a movie I didn't know if I wanted to see in the theater, and it could... Or some random zombie movie. I'm like, fuck it, I'll watch it. Who cares? And, I mean, that, I do like that aspect of it, and I don't pay for it. My wife pays for it, so, you know, that's cool. And it had the first three episodes of Spartacus, and I fucking love that yeah, show. Yeah, And I went out and bought the DVD, so... It paid off, and that's that's another cool thing is, like TV show wise, you don't have to go out and spend fifty bucks on the first season or something, or you know seasons of the DVDs. You can just stream them, mm-hmm. decide if you like them or not, and you can't go to a rental store without being like, yeah, I'm gonna buy the first, di- I'm gonna rent the first disc of this series, leave, come back, get the next one if you like it. Like when I did with Twenty Four, I was like, I should just get this whole thing all at once. And yeah. if I had Netflix back when I started watching Twenty Four, it would have been awesome. Really? You wouldn't have bought the physical copies? You just had the digital ones? Well, I, I, I'd eventually buy them, but like when I first I first saw 24 uh, on DVD from like a Blockbuster um, back in like 2005, Netflix, I don't think it was around I yet. Or so. it was, I don't remember. It didn't definitely... Or it was stream. just the mail order ones. Yeah. Um, and like I, I wasn't a fan of the show yet, and I watched that first season... And the only way I was able to, you know, I wasn't sure if I wanted to purchase the whole thing because I didn't know how it ended yet mm-hmm. in the first season. So I had to constantly keep going back to the, obviously I probably should have just rented three of the discs all at once, but then it'd been like 25 <laughs> bucks and I might as well just bought the whole season yeah. anyway. So I bought the whole season. Of if I just been watching it for free here, chance. huh? I bought the whole first season of 24 on a chance because you told me it was cool. I'm like, fuck it. I'll buy it. <laughs> But if I didn't tell you it was cool, would you just bought it? Uh, probably not. Um, yeah, you know see? what's you know what's funny though is how much the price of those have changed. Mm. Remember when you got Twenty Four Season Two when it first came out on DVD? It was like sixty five bucks. Actually, I got it like on Black Friday, so it was like twenty bucks. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was the third one. I don't remember. I remember. Oh, it was the third. But when one. they come out, they're like fifty four yeah, bucks. I yeah, remember. 54, yeah, fifty four, fifty five dollars, and they, now yeah, like I remember my Buffies were really expensive. Plus, they came in those fold out cases, which were they're premium. So nice. Yeah. Now they're just plastic throwaway shit no fold-out book either but you know it makes you appreciate when they take extra time on dvds now for that stuff mm-hmm. uh, i just got the social network on blu-ray oh that's what i got best buy i wanted to get the social network and it was on it was ten dollars off and i didn't see it I'm like, oh, i should see this movie and that dvd is actually put uh, blu-rays put together really nicely yeah i I, I've, I haven't seen the movie but i saw the packaging i was like that's you, classy you know what's funny though is that cover where they're on the front like that is a throwaway it doesn't stay on the DVD. Isn't that crazy? I'll show it to you when we're wow. done with this. Um, I, I would have kept the top of it, but it doesn't stay on. It just falls off. Like it's just like a basically it folds oh, over. Oh, the it. social network like Facebook imitating. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it just like folds over, and it's just a throwaway. Like I usually don't throw away slip covers, but it would not stay on it, so I had no choice. Things like that usually fold up and then slide inside the case. Where if it's oh, a slide I, out, I, guess, I still have it. I guess I could still do that. Yeah. 
I was trying to think of what I should. Don't let do. me affect your decision. No, I know. I, that's. Yeah. And I don't like doing that stuff. I mean, I have, uh, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the remake, where it came with like a huge foldout and it had a, like a metal thing of Leatherface on it that didn't come with it. I'm like, what am I going to do with this thing? So I like forced it into the <laughs> packaging. But that one has cool packaging too. If you've never seen it, like it. It folds out into like a huge chainsaw. And oh no, with, I have it. Yeah. yeah, it comes with crime scene photos and yeah. stuff. That's cool. I miss when they used to do that. Yeah, now you have to really look for them. It's rare to find a DVD that's put together like yep. that elaborately. Um, I just got the Gettysburg uh, Blu-ray. Oh yeah, there's a new one that came out. And it's out. um, it's in that Blu-ray book where it's like a you know, it looks like a book with all mm-hmm. the pages inside. Oh, yeah. in between have the you discs. seen my Spartacus? Spartacus is like a book. It's badass. Yeah, I like that too. But on the back, it has. Because they don't print all the special features in detail mm-hmm. on the back of that cover, so they have like an external. It's like glued on. Yeah, slip yeah, paper. I know what you mean. That's like that, but it's slightly bigger than the actual DVD itself. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you want to put it inside the book, it super extends outside, and so it doesn't sit on the mm-hmm. shelf right and gets crumpled and but stuff. But I know you, you made one, didn't you, to fit? <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'd, laughs> no, not anymore. I'm. <laughs> I used to take those uh, DVDs. They had the the clip. Um, yeah, those. I'm glad it was those part paper, lasted. part plastic, yeah. and it would it's clip Warner on the Brothers side. DVDs. <laughs> yeah, um, I hated those. Like they sat on the shelf really awfully. So I actually scanned the sides of those and made a wrap around to put inside, like a you know. And that's why you're the creative one. But now that it, yeah, all it, those movies I've rebought on Blu-ray, so <laughs> it yeah. doesn't even matter anymore. But um, but I really like the HBO ones too, like Deadwood. Like it's like a book, and mm. uh, I I want to see the. Oh, the Blu-ray, like the Deadwood on DVD is cool. It has yeah. the fold-out and everything. It's It's got that matte finish. Mm-hmm. But the Blu-ray, is even, it has a glossy finish inside, and it folds. Really? Like, it's not, it doesn't roll out. Mm-hmm. Um, there are each individual pages, and the discs are inside the pages. Oh, nice. And so some of the sides have information. and That's cool. Yeah. Um, it's like it's like a four-year-old's, like, storybook where it's, like, really thick cardboard. Oh, yeah, I'll show you a Spartacus. It's fucking, it's the same thing. And that's why, I mean, the Spartacus DVD, like, no matter where you get it, is $70. But it's really nicely put together, I'll show. I got a half-off coupon at, bu- yeah. at Borders, that's why I got it, because I'm like, I really wanted to see the show, but it was so expensive on DVD, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man, that's a huge investment. But when I got a 50% off coupon, I'm like, yeah, 30 bucks, fuck it. So, yeah, was, but yeah, anyways. <laughs> Sidetracked into DVDs. So, you, know, you saw the social movies. network, what did you think? It was really good. Yeah? It was good. Like I was surprised. I'm still turned off by it. Really? Yeah. I was turned time. off by it too. But uh, Jesse Eisenberg's really good in it. Justin Timberlake's really good in it. Oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> He's good though. He plays uh, the founder of Napster in it, and that's how um, the Facebook guy really took off. Do you think nobody else could have played that character, but him? Oh. Did he really own that role? Well. Or was he just like? This works because I'm Justin Timberlake. Um, you know, I, I'll, I will say this about it. I did not watch it, and I'm like, oh, that's Justin Timberlake. I actually, he was the actor in the movie. So, I mean, it, that took away. And, hey, uh, the new Spider-Man's in it, and he plays Eduardo, and he has, like, a South American accent in it. So, and I didn't even notice that it wasn't natural for him, so that's good. I forget the name. Oh, it's Never Let Me Go is the movie he's critically acclaimed for acting in. Andrew mm-hmm. Garfield, is he good in it? I, I haven't seen it, but I just I thought I'd drop it. No, I find it uh, because of Netflix. I watched uh, Let the Right One In. Oh, the, the uh, Swedish one. Yeah, I, mean, I think the American one's way better. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Swedish How so? I just think it's the acting is better. Subtitles, in it. no, no, no subtitles. No, I, I don't care about the <laughs> subtitles. Um, I thought it. I think the American one shot better and bigger budget. <laughs> yeah, but it looks better. I think it does. I like the other one because it does more with less. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and you know, you did. That's miss, cool. You did. I'm yeah. glad you attempted to watch it. Yeah, no, I, I think mean, you would. You know, I've. I mean, I don't mind watching foreign films. I watch them all the time, but. Uh, is all right. I, I think the American version was better. I like maybe it's maybe it's because I maybe if I saw that one first, I would have liked the original more. I, I don't know. That's I, how it usually goes. Like whatever one you watch first, yeah, get, has a special because place. I mean they're pretty much the same movie. Does the American one have the illusion that she's got her parts sutured up like the see, Swedish one does? No. See, I thought when I watched the Swedish one, I thought maybe she was a boy and cut off her wiener. That's yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Because um, uh, the reason that is in there is because she she might have cut them off because she didn't want to reproduce because she hates who she is, like what she is. Mm-hmm. So, and it, but it could also mean uh, what's the other illusion? I can't remember. Keep I was talking. thinking maybe if it was a boy, she wouldn't be as sympathetic. I don't know. You know, so if she, if he, she came across as a girl then she wouldn't be as scary and it'd be easier for her to meet somebody. I don't right. Know, exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. So, but do they have that ambiguous thing in the, did they have the ambi? do they allude to that ambiguity in the American version? No. In the American one to me, it's, she's just a girl. They don't cut to a shot of Chloe Grace Moretz's private <laughs> parts. They don't. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. Yeah. Or else that director would be going to jail. <laughs> yes. A difference in cultures for sure. Yeah. Um, I watched Date Night. Came along in my. Netflix I think the movie's queue. funny. I think it's cute. Obviously, yeah. the the uh, crime part of it's like really yeah formulaic. But but, but you know I think the the leads Tina in Fey it and between Steve Carell yeah they really make it. And I, what I always said what I liked about it is it's a couple that actually love each other in a movie. You don't mm-hmm. see that too often. They're always they have some sort of marital problem, and their marital problem is they don't go out. You know yeah. they they're in a rut is their marital problem. Not that they don't love each other or they care. It's not that he has this girl that he's flirting with or you know what I mean. Or they didn't. One of them didn't make a mistake already, and they're exactly. trying to fix it. Yeah. Exactly. So I thought that was cool, and the, the two lead actors in it are amazing actors. I mm-hmm. love Steve Carell. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess that's all I've really seen recently. Yeah, me too. I can't stress enough how great Hobo with a shotgun is, though. I know. I need to see that because you know how much I appreciate gratuitous violence. Yes. And that's probably why I love there. Spartacus so much. I mean, it's just so much of it. Yeah, it just feels like a old '80s shitty movie. It's great. Nice. And Rucker Howard, everyone acts. Everyone in it acts so seriously about what they're doing, but they're saying the most ridiculous stuff. I think it's that's great. why Hot Shots is so funny. Yeah. Because you know the dialogue is retarded, <laughs> and you know obviously the people who made the movie know that, but they have the characters play it straight, and I think that's why those movies are so funny. Well, I think they're funny. I don't know if anybody else does, but <laughs> that's why I like them. I actually haven't seen the first Hot Shots. I only no? seen part two. Carrie Elway's is money in two. it. My favorite line in any of Hot Shots movie is in Hot Shots Part 1. It's, uh... Oh, no, wait. I saw it on Comedy Central, which is a poor way to see it, unless yeah. it's the secret stash, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember... Yeah, Carrie always... He's, it's basically like a Top Gun... It's a Top Gun spoof. Spoof. And which uh, I was confused, because I started watching, like, Charlie Sheen's on the screen, and Carrie always is, and I'm like... I, and the title on the Comcast menu was for a different movie. <laughs> it was, like, Hot Shot. And so mm-hmm. when you bring up the credits... 
in the rating, it's referencing like all these different people. I'm like, <laughs> why isn't Charlie Sheen credit on this? Like, what's going on? And uh, and it's this is supposed to be a movie from like '75 or something. <laughs> and so I'm trying to figure out like, is this the first Hot Shots? It's not the second one because that looks more like Rambo. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's like, I I just love moments in that movie. You know, he's, uh, he goes, like, uh, Charlie Sheen goes into flight school again, and um, John Cryer is his partner, which he, you know, they did two and a half men later. But uh, he's he's talking to him, and Topper Harley, uh, Charlie Sheen's character, is saying what he does and how he rides a motorcycle, and his friend says oh it's a loner huh he's he's like a loner no i own it like, <laughs> it's so stupid and but my favorite line is at the very end um they have that moment like in top gun you know where Iceman and maverick have they defeat the enemy and so it's carrie elways and charlie sheen and he jumps down and uh charlie sheen comes up to carrie always and he says hey man i've been meaning to ask you what's a chafing rack and Carrie Holloway says, Oh, it's a traditional serving dish used to keep food warm for a long period of time. I thought that was a crock pot. No, my friend. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> but I love it. Because early in the movie, Carrie Elways takes back his chafing rack from his girlfriend. <laughs> it's so damn stupid, but it's funny. Nice. Yeah, anyways. So X-Men First Class, we both say go see it. Um, Definitely worth the watch. Um what are you planning on seeing next week, Ryan? Next week, I'll be seeing Super 8. Ooh, excellent. I want to see that as well. Nice. I'm excited. Well, it was a toss-up between Super 8 and Moody Judy, or Judy Moody. But I think I'm going to go with Super 8. Ooh, I don't know. I forgot about it until you said it, and now I think I want to change my... <laughs> no, change I, your answer. I definitely want to see Super 8. I was reading a review for it already on um, IGN.com, and they said... They gave it three and a half out of five stars, and they said that's because it spends too much time saying, hey, y- you remember E.T. and how cool Spielberg's movie was. This is what this movie is. I don't really think that's a... I don't know. Sometimes IGN doesn't make any sense. I, I, I rarely pay attention to other legitimate sources' reviews anymore because... Well, sometimes I, I feel like unless you have the same taste in movies, like there's, you're not really. No one's opinion is going to help you. No, and I, I, I was reading. You know, I think Box Office Mojo had a, like a preview, and they're saying that Super A could be like the breakout hit of the summer, because it could be um, like Cloverfield, or Inception, or Inception. You know, where it, there's a mystery behind it, and it slowly builds, and then when people find out what the mystery is, they'll tell their friends, and they'll tell their friends, and so on, and so on, and so on. Oh, I was trying to think of what other movie pays homage to, like, sci-fi Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul. Oh, which yeah. You, you, did you see it? I did. Oh, yeah. Did we go see that together? No, I, I went alone. Oh. Aww. <laughs> would you, yeah, what did you think of Paul? I thought it was cool. I thought it was funny. I love, yeah. It, was, it wasn't it, great, but no, it, it, I love the nods to Spielberg and other sci-fi movies of that yeah. era. And then just, you know, seeing Nick Frost and Simon Pegg act opposite each other yeah my, well my favorite moment in that was when paul was giving spielberg the idea for uh et yeah but he was in that room Ra- from raiders. raiders of the lost ark yeah. that was classic yeah and that steven spielberg provided the, was actually in the movie too and that's just an obvious nod to those oh things. yeah no there's there's tons, tons of, of subtle things oh, littered throughout which the one thing. that i thought was freaking brilliant oh man why can't i remember it right now it's something to do with car chasing ah fuck where he drives off the cliff? Yeah, uh, yeah. What's 
I'm thinking there's something there. Oh, uh, when Jason Bateman's driving, he's like hangs up, like boring conversation anyway. Yeah. He quotes Star Wars or something. Yeah. Oh, gosh darn it. I need to see that movie again. But there's a brilliant moment in that. And I was the only one in my, because I saw, actually I saw it with my wife. And I was the only one laughing and she looked at me like I was crazy. But I'm like, oh, it's a direct scene. I can't remember it now. It's pissing <laughs> me off. But that movie comes out on DVD soon. So Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I should say Blu-ray. I will be getting it on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, although not too, like, technically. No, but now, yeah. I mean, Blu-rays are the same price as DVDs. So Yeah. Why not? Unless it's super, like, there's a huge difference. I hope we can get in some weeks where we can actually, like, see two movies. Me too. Before the show. I- I'm trying to... But yeah, next I'm week is yeah, I we're definitely Super not going to see Judy yeah. Uh But Super I, I, 8. Is there anything limited coming in? No, I don't think so either. To head. I, yeah, there's a couple things like I've, at the art houses, but I, I'm kind of like, yeah, I could see that if I'm not doing anything else. Yeah. I, I think we have to wait. Hobo really. the Shotgun would definitely be one of them. Yeah. I'm not going to see Mr. Popper's Penguins. I will see. I, I thought that was a the, holiday movie. I know. I will see the ne- tell you the next two movies. I will see a Super Eight and probably Green Lantern will be my next two movies. Right. I'm not really. I really don't have high hopes for Green Lantern, but maybe it'll surprise. Give me. it a chance. Yeah. I me too. Know. Characters where they just have infinite powers. Yeah. Just to me, it just seems stupid. I mean, he's like, I can conjure up anything. I'm gonna conjure up a fist. If you can do it, I conjure your... up Godzilla to eat these people. Yeah. If you can do whatever you want with your mind, why not just zap that enemy far away from you? Yeah. <laughs> there, there has to be some rules. I obviously I don't know anything about Green Lantern, so there has to be some sort of rules. I do know that yellow defeats him. The color yellow. Mm. So it's like his kryptonite. That's oh, that's right, because um, Sinestro, his Sinestro, who's a good guy in this one, but he turns. Spoiler alert. Hopefully they drag that out across uh, two more Green Lantern actually, movies. I already know they do. <laughs> Oh, yeah. he's not Sinestro in the, by the no, end of this? No, I think at, by the end of this one, he actually turns. And then the sequel is supposed to be oh. Sinestro is the bad guy. See, I I figured because it wasn't in the trailer, I thought that would be like the surprise. Is See, I think I already know how it's going to end. This movie's actually about him is, turning. Uh, how Galactus, I mean, the uh, big, <laughs> if you've seen Sil- the Silver Surfer Fantastic Four movie, it's basically the same thing. Yeah. This world devouring cloud monster thing. Yeah. Um, I think he's able to get through Earth and through these things because Sinestro helps him. And I think that's the shocking ending that I already know. <laughs> well, hopefully it'll still provide enough entertainment that... Yeah. And some surprises. You know, you're right. You're saying it today that, you know, each um, subsequent trailer, it looks better. I think it is starting to look better. Like, like the uh, suit doesn't... It doesn't look like he's a floating head on a CGI suit. Yeah, actually, you know A what, little less. Yeah, yeah, you know what moment actually in this new one that we just saw was when he got punched down for the first time, and then they showed a close-up. You could see the suit moving. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, maybe they'll pull it off. Like the first trailer we saw, obviously, they've had time, plenty of time to refine it. So I think it's just a victim of, you know, the studio wants to show it, but we're definitely not ready for it. That too, and I think they're having a hard time selling what the movie's about. Obviously, he's trying to fight this cosmic super thing, but, but also a dude with a huge head's in it. Yeah. And what does he have to do with anything? I don't know. Yeah, I'm Like Lily's in it, she's pretty. Yeah. I do her. I don't know. No? I'd rather do Emma Stone, I guess. Or... <laughs> yeah. Um what else I'm gonna say? About Green Lantern. See you don't Shit. you don't want to see I think the Planet of the Apes movie looks cool. Yeah. To me it looks like a zombie movie with apes, and if they pull it off it'll be sweet. Um I'm just not I, that afraid of apes. 
They're smart apes, though. Duh. So they could have just easily been like. Dude, people. Charlton Heston. I'd rather a watch a zombie movie, Ryan. <laughs> Charlton Heston should have a cameo in the new movie. Oh. <laughs> they could CGI him. And I want would be. Damn you! Damn you! <laughs> just the more I think about like the idea of a Planet of the Apes, I'm just like, there's so many cooler ideas out there. And I've never seen the original Planet of the Apes, no? so maybe it's, I've only seen the Burton it's, one. It's all right. The Burton one's not good. Yeah, I know. Um, but then I was like, "What? What just happened?" And uh, I know. why it, do people think this idea is amazing? Because I don't <laughs> see it. Well, you know, if you want to know how great that movie is, just watch an evening with Kevin Smith, and <laughs> he'll tell you how he ripped off his idea from the Clerks comic. Yeah, oh, but, I saw that. Yeah, it's. I, I saw the Tim Burton movie once in theaters, and I've never seen it since. When did that movie come out? 99, 2000? 2001. Yeah, so it's been 10 years. I've never seen that movie again. And I have no desire to see that movie again. Yep. Um, and Rise of the Planet of the Apes, I'm not... But see, I actually think it. I, I think it's cool, because uh, I like the, how the prequel set up. and Because you never know, I mean, how are these talking apes walking around and stuff? And I think it's cool that they're kind of giving it a, a reason. Because to me, the mystery of how the apes are there isn't really that intriguing to me. Hmm. Well, maybe this will make it. Yeah. yeah. Well, because, you know, the spoiler, the original Planet of the Apes, what made that movie sell big time, because the rest of the movie is meh, whatever, but is the shocking ending where the Statue of Liberty is blown up. So it's, you know, in the future. You realize it's on Earth yeah. the whole time. The f- yeah. Future Earth. Um, Transformers, I guess, is coming out. I haven't seen the second one. Yeah. I'm not a fan, so. I'm not a fan of it either, but evidently we're the only ones i like cartoon transformers but michael bay transformers are just like i feel like he doesn't really care yeah what movie am i gonna see july 1st there's like a different movie that's coming out that i'll see it's like a comedy we really should have done our research well we will but i mean i'm just saying like uh, fudge (laughs) but because that that movie's so overhyped that that's the only movie i can think of that day right i'm trying to think of stuff even like later into august that's coming out that um i'm excited for but yeah, in August, and I don't even, like, I'm trying to, like, there's lots of cool movies coming out, and then it kind of just peters out. What about Holiday? Because they're still kind of, obviously, Harry Potter, but... Uh, oh, that's um, in July, actually, is Harry Potter. <laughs> I am excited I for I feel like one. marketing's failing, because I don't... I, I, I should... I, I'm a big Harry These Potter things should be fan, obvious. so... Yeah. I'm interested to know how it ends, because I've actually kept up with it, even though I haven't read the books, but... Oh, you'll be shocked then. Like, there's some big moments in this last part that are really interesting. Good. I have a big debate with my wife. I still think Dumbledore's the biggest villain in that whole series, period. And sure. you'll f- and if it's like it is in the last book, you'll know why I feel that way. <laughs> she thinks I misinterpret what he did, but like how I misinterpret your uh, <laughs> ending for X-Men. Maybe I'm just stupid, and I, <laughs> I see things one way, and I refuse to believe that it's any other way. Change the show to real dumbass. <laughs> real, real dumbass. Ryan's uh, way or the highway, <laughs> and everybody else is retarded. Um, okay, so yeah, yeah. But so uh, stay Look tuned for Super the Super Eight. Eight show, and I'm I'm guessing we're gonna have a lot to talk about that one. That one's gonna be hard to talk about though because you don't want to spoil it, right? But we'll talk about it anyways. We already spoiled the ending of X Men, so who fucking cares? <laughs> You should definitely only listen to our show after you've seen yes. whatever movie we're talking about. You know about. what? Um, maybe uh, the name of the show shouldn't be Real Nerds. It should be Spoiler Alert. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. <laughs> hmm. um, and hopefully James will join us for... Because he'll... Yeah, I'm sure he will. 
Beth he's not, supposed to be part of this yeah i mean camaraderie but he couldn't make that's it this why it's one. real nerds with ryan frost it could be me and somebody else every week who knows it might i might i might not even be here next week who knows who knows it could be crazy ryan might fire me i might after I, your stupid interpretation of the x-men movie <laughs> get me out of here i'm allowed to have different ideas um but hey you know what before i sign off brad i'm gonna leave you with a little dvd easter egg on this um we actually recorded a show last week what for pirates of the caribbean on stranger tides that featured james and um brad um brilliant rad awesome droid and it was as a it's like the dick van dyke show who originally was filmed with carl reiner and it was head of the family and now it changed morphed into something better called the dick van dyke show and there's another movie easter egg oh yes and there's also another easter egg and that is the hangover that's right that's the other movie that we saw that we forgot yes but um but that's on our little easter egg on here so um even though this one's a really long podcast please it's the inaugural show it has to be special but it's special because there's actually a little bonus show so um i'm ryan frost i'm signing off this is a nebulous vision production thank you this is copyrighted 2011 nebulous visions visit our website nebulousvisions.com domain.com and hopefully by the time you hear this i will have a facebook page for this show what do you envision your logo as for real nerds um, you know, I have or really spoiler th- alert <laughs> or spoiler alert. I don't know. We'll have to think about it. I don't know. What do you want to think's better? I mean, we could, do you like spoiler alert or real nerds? I like both of them. Like, real nerds like has real in it. So it, yeah. it instantly tells you it's about movies. Spoiler alert is, is related to movies, but it's not that obvious. So I don't know, like a caution sign. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We'll check iTunes and see if there's one called Spoiler Alert, and then we'll make that decision. <laughs> oh, right. we got to make that. Um, I know Real Nerds isn't out there, so. Yeah, so we know Real Nerds isn't. Um, either way. And when we figure it out, you'll get to see it, because yes. um, <laughs> you'll so, know the answer. Well, actually, you will have already seen it yes, before you so, but listen don't, to But don't worry, because you'll hear this after we put up the Facebook page <laughs> and everything, so you'll be able to find it either way. Um, but you know what? Stay tuned, because it gets better, or does it get worse? I don't know. I haven't, have you heard... The one from last week. I haven't listened to it, obviously, because you haven't put it up. Is, what? Uh, is the one last week a good podcast? Uh, without the robot you built, yes. Is it good? Okay, cool. <laughs> well, I think... Um, so we might not have a robot in it. It might just be me and James talking about The Hangover and Pirates of the Caribbean. The robot was funny, but... It was funny, um, but we actually... We were there were technical difficulties. Very there. big technical difficulties. So that's why we relaunched it. Um, so they saw the pilot. They liked what they saw, but they needed us to make a few changes. Um, so this is the Dick Van Dyke show version, not the head of the family show version. <laughs> um, so thank you, Nebus Vision Productions. And um, I would say thank you for listening to Real Nerds, but we might change it. I think you should say, like, press play or something. Press play. Or... Um, action you know like do a clapboard sound and then this Ryan Frost and I don't know so you want me to say press play like the Aerosmith song or no <laughs> <laughs> just kidding I love pissing you off it's so much fun <laughs> anyways think of something real I'm, I'm doing my best here it's like on the tip of my tongue it's, it's just Brad, what do you want me to do on my own show? I'll do it. You tell me what you want me to do, and I'll I'm not going to tell you what to do. I want you to decide. I want you to figure it out. But I'm trying to encourage you to think of something that alludes to the fact that people should go watch movies. 
Lights, Other camera, thing. action. Now you look at me like I'm an asshole. No, I was ending the show with silence. Oh, I thought you were ending the show because so I'm gonna that was stupid. So I cut this part out. No. No, you should keep this part in because it's funny. This part is, but I thought it also worked when you just ended with action, and then I would have cut it and gone to a commercial. So, um, which at you this didn't point, leave room for a commercial, by the way. At this point, um, this show is brought to you by Ryan's Hotline. Make sure you stay tuned and listen. But I don't know why we're giving ad space to that guy. I mean, it's a pretty shady business. Yeah, that guy looks like a. He's rude and insulting. And if you look really closely on the wall, it's just a bunch of picture of Brad's sister, and that's <laughs> really creepy. Uh, I'm going to find that guy and beat his ass. So anyways, he paid for a spot on this, so we might as well just let him run the commercial. Yeah. Hey, throw money at, throw money at us and we'll do whatever yeah, you want. Yeah. Throw money. Hey, we have no shame. So um, this is a word from our sponsor, Ryan's Hotline, and he might sound like this guy talking right now, but we're two different people, I promise. Um, <laughs> so uh, find the hidden menu on the DVD, hit enter, and you will be treated to a extended edition, the director's cut of the first episode of... No, 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 this. <laughs> the first episode of Undecided. <laughs> the first episode of Undecided. And cut. Probably real nerds. What? Did I just screw that up? We're never going to end this episode. No. I said cut. I'm pretty sure that's what directors say when they want it to end. Yes, sir. Can I get you and, some coffee, sir? And cut. Someday, when I'm awfully low, when the world is cold. I will feel a glow just thinking of you And the way you look tonight You're so Oh, I almost didn't see you come in here. My name is Ryan Frost. Hey, are you a teenage girl 15 to 17 years old? Are you looking for a place to have fun? without the supervision of your daddy? Well, then come to my house. I have lots for us to do here. Activities include playing doctor. Guess what's in my hose? And if you need to loosen up, I've got plenty of alcohol to go around. You're graded on a scale of A, B, C, and double D. All girls are welcome at my home. Well, unless you're ugly, fat, homely, and unkempt. So remember, Give me a call whenever you're lonely. My number here is 1-800-ALL-MY. So hurry up because beds are filling up fast and I'll see you between the sheets. <laughs> yes, you're lovely. Yeah, you're nice. Never, ever change. Welcome to Ryan and the Wookiee, a Nebulous Visions production and our premiere episode. I am here with my good friend James, who is... The Wookiee. James, can you say hi to all our one listener? Wait, I... But I am the one listener. You I, are. I don't know what that means. Well, okay. Hi, me. <laughs> and we also... Uh, just for the show, I constructed an amazing robot. I call him Brilliant Rad. It is pretty impressive. Awesome Droid. Or Brad for short. Brad, can you say hi? Hi. Wow, that was awesome. I can't believe I was able to program that into a totally rad, awesome droid. Seriously. Ryan is brilliant. He is my creator. That's that's this. so much more impressive than Jeff on, on the Craig Ferguson show. And I way mean, better than Johnny Five. Skin, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, we're here. We're going to be talking about movies. Uh, it's one of the things we really enjoy, me and James and Brad. I programmed it into Brad to like movies. And by programming it into him, I inserted a disc, not my wiener. 
Oh, Anyways, nice. um, to get started with the show, James, uh, I have some questions for you okay. because um, you know I want to introduce people to us and get them to like us. Hopefully, James, Are they personal questions because I'm yes, okay. When you were five and you saw a girl, no, I'm just kidding. I just wanted to know um, <laughs> what your favorite type of movies are, what you look for as far as um, directing, writing. What's most important to you? I'm guessing storytelling because that's. Yeah, right up your avenue. So well, that's kind of what I do. So yeah, yeah. Story is is usually the thing that I look for for first. Um, the truth is, I will watch pretty much anything, except for horror. But other than that, I don't know that there's anything that I don't care about. Like I, I pretty much see everything that yeah that comes out every year. Yeah, I'm a big fan of you know action adventure movies, but I'm also the kind of guy like I will go and see the independent movies and. You know, I'll go see Black Swan and enjoy it for reasons other than the, you know, than the kissing. <laughs> but uh, I'm also the guy who goes and sees, I will be in line to see Transformers 3 when it comes out. I'm still that guy. Yeah, see, I will still have a hell of a time, good time with it. One of the things that I always thought was um, cool about you, James, is you, you find merit in movies, even if you think they're terrible. Like G.I. Joe, yeah. you think is terrible, but if I'm G. correct... G.I. Joe has 20% rating on the tomato-mometer <laughs> on com, <laughs> And that's yeah. why we keep Brad around, because yeah. he, he keeps the show... Because every time that I start to compliment something, he'll be like, yes, but James, you don't realize that the mask... <laughs> The, like, you know, most people hate the thing that you love. But uh, if I'm correct, do you own the Blu-ray of that? No, I don't. Okay. I should. You should. But no, my brother and I made, like, that was a big deal, though. When that came out, he and I made plans to go see G.I. Joe. And it was great. That movie has Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in it. It needs a higher than a 20% just for that. Yes. I, he is a fun actor. Yes. That was a terrible... You never see his face. <laughs> you totally did well no yeah in that scene where he gets blown up where he like he's he's in war he's in like ambiguous war and he runs into a building and then there's like an explosion and then he's Cobra not Commander contradict Bradbot Bradbot is always right <laughs> yeah but Bradbot hasn't seen that movie <laughs> oh okay then yeah um yeah no I was just uh, <laughs> I just you know I wanted to get a more feel of the kind of movies you enjoy and I did know that about you actually I knew you did like to you like to watch most movies oh yeah um you know, for me personally, I, I my favorite movies are horror and comedy. Yeah, that's true. Um, I like horror movies because I think they're the most creative. But the the double edged sword with horror is they're also some of the worst. Yeah, that's it, that's the problem. Is that too often I feel like they get since I am a story guy, they get distracted by all of the stuff that do, doesn't matter to me as much. Like the Saw movies, I could care less. I don't want. I don't really care about seeing people get chopped up. You know, the first Saw movie was basically seven only. They didn't care as much. <laughs> Just more stabbing. What's in the box? That, that was my Brad Pitt. I thought that was pretty good. It was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> handsome or sound good, but it, it was it was the same words. Bradbot analyzed the waveform. They are a perfect match. <laughs> Thank you. That's why yeah, you pro you programmed it to do that. Exactly. Cheating. That's it. Might be cheating, but uh, he is my bot. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, so yeah, you know. It's, uh, what other movies have you really grown fond of? I mean, if you had to choose one movie to watch... It's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's a great movie. I, uh, I've been recent... It's been five years since I did a top 20 movies of all time mm -hmm. for myself. Uh, and then you guys were talking recently about doing a top 100. I guess you guys have already done top 100s, but you're updating yours. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do that. It's 
really challenging. It is very hard. In um, a surprising way, though, because I made a list. I just went through the DVDs I own and made a list of all the ones that could potentially be on a list like mm-hmm. that. It was like 250 movies. Oh, yeah. I thought I was going to have a hard time getting to 100 and then, like, sorting them out. I'm going to have a hard time getting it down to 100. But I did this the last time I did a list as well. Uh, I take out the movies that I love too much. I take out the Indiana Jones trilogy. There's three of those movies. And I take out Back <laughs> to the Future. Of those movies, that no, no, no. <laughs> this thing is broken and I don't like it. I take out the Lord of the Rings movies because I'm too close to those. Uh, and Star Wars. Okay. You know, because I, get, I just can't. I can't measure any of those movies against each other, and I can't measure something like Big Fish that I love and is a great movie. I can't measure that against Raiders of the Lost Ark. And Raiders of the Lost Ark, I could watch that every day. Yeah, that's a great movie. It really is. You know, I appreciated that movie more as I got older. Totally. I mean, when you're younger, it's still a cool movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, it, now it, I find it even better than I did when I was younger because... It's just so cool. And well, I, it, I think it's a couple of things, because I had the same thing. I think, it, for one thing, now that I know more about filmmaking and, and storytelling and all of that, I can appreciate how well it does its job. But at the same time, it's a movie that they still don't make. It's yeah. a shame that like they made that movie, and it's so perfect, and everything about it is the way you would want a movie like that to be. And then, I mean, even when Steven Spielberg and George Lucas want to do it, they still can't remake that movie, you know? They came close. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is... Wait, it has a title. Yeah. But other than that, it's really nothing like Raiders of the Lost Ark. No. Not at all. You know, <laughs> even the other Indiana Jones, I think what's cool about that series is they each kind of have their own feel to them. Yeah. Um, I've always said that uh, I think that Last Crusade is the best script of them all. Like, that movie as a father-son movie is really uh, head and shoulders above the other two because there are three of them. Uh, but Raiders of the Lost Ark is the best action, maybe the best action in any movie. I mean, that the the truck chase in that movie is still just superb. And even though now when I watch it, I can see like the rut that that Harrison Ford is in and how they do that all that stuff practically, it still is really impressive. But and you exciting. you really miss that kind of filmmaking uh, now because it's all replaced with computer generated imagery, and yeah. you know you miss the practical effects. And I think that's why those movies are. So cool now. I mean, yeah. for me, my top movie has never changed for... I don't even... <laughs> and the visual effects in that movie are horrible. Because <laughs> they're still claymation a little... Uh... Yeah, and, and we're talking about Army of Darkness, which is yeah. uh, my favorite movie of all time. And, you know, for a movie... Being older now, too, and appreciating Sam Raimi as a visual filmmaker, uh, it, it's like a, a nerd paradise when you find out sam raimi your favorite director of all time is producing and making a movie of your favorite character of all time spider-man i'm talking about and it's just like one of those things that make perfect sense to me yeah it's really too bad that those movies turned out to be complete garbage oh you're an asshole no i'm just kidding (laughs) i'm just kidding yeah uh but you know what i mean it's uh because even in those movies he had kind of the vision that what would he do if he had a 150 million dollar all the way up to $300 million budget, you know, to do what he wanted to. Because even if you've seen The Evil Dead or The Evil Dead 2, the prequels to Army of Darkness, he he does a shot where he puts the camera on a dirt bike, and that's the force going through the whore. The, the whore. Because that is the force going through the house. The force going through the whore. Yes. <laughs> but he, he broke his arm in Evil Dead 2 because he would ride this dirt bike 
through that house extremely fast. And that's how it got through the house at the end when it zoomed in on Bruce Campbell's face. And uh, and him just doing that is, I mean, something they would never do now. I mean, now yeah. it would be a computer and it would just go through there. But he also invented, for Spider-Man, which is a high-tech version of that, which he called the Spider-Cam, which he basically put a camera on a slingshot in New York City and pulled it back and let it go. And that's how they got the shots of it shooting through, and they obviously just put Spider-Man in it. That is so cool. And I didn't so, know that. Yeah, so it's basically him taking the next step into yeah. His process in, and he's not doing it in a way that, like sometimes when people do that kind of throwback practical filmmaking, it you can still f- you can feel it. Like I felt mm-hmm. that way about Moon, where I'm watching the like models and everything, and I it looks like models, you know. Yeah. And I really feel like, you know what? If you had the money to do this in CG, it would probably look better. And I appreciate that you're doing it practically, but I, it just doesn't look the same. Whereas there, he's doing. That same sort of guerrilla filmmaking of like, well, let's yeah. just let's just throw a camera across the city. That's a simple idea, but he pulls it off in a way that you don't notice. You you think to yourself, wow, this is really good CG when it's not. Yeah, you know, and I'm a, just a huge fan of Raimi too. I mean, it could be um, Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness, but then even when he started doing serious movies like A Simple Plan, where he's still the pace is way slowed down, but his visual style still seeps through the movie was for love of the game his it was for yeah. his and even then i think that's a good movie and oh, totally uh one of his one of my favorite movies of his is it's called the gift and he got amazing performances out of well giovanni ribsy doesn't really count because he's always great but yeah. i mean keanu reeves is really good in the movie and uh you I've, know i've still never seen that you should you see that's katie holmes with, boobs. Uh, yeah yeah katie holmes and uh kate Blanchett. Yep, and Kate Blanchett, I think, is a great actress anyway, so I yeah. love her in that. And Greg Kinnear is good. He doesn't play his usual romantic comedy, kind of. Hmm. And yeah, but that's why I really appreciate Army of Darkness, too, because uh, I have the original Dark Horse comic, and it's going off the original script he wrote. Yeah. And it's way different than the movie. Really? Because that scene where uh, the woman is possessed, and Bruce Campbell says, Yo, she bitch, let's go. Uh, originally, it was took place in this basically the same room, but there was all these pillars around, and she was knocking down pillars, and Ash was dodging the pillars and shooting her, and um, so he didn't have the money to pull that off because yeah. uh, he wanted the big scene to be uh, Bruce Campbell's face getting sucked down and uh, oh, the little wow. mini Bruce Campbell's. And yeah, so it's really cool, but he still finds ways to make it interesting. And uh, when you're me being a fanboy. You know, that's what I look for in those kind of movies. Like when I saw Spider-Man 2 and Doc Ock is coming alive and that dude grabbed the chainsaw and held it up a certain way. Yeah. He has the exact same shot in Army of Darkness. Well, and yeah, those shots, that that whole scene in Spider-Man 2 is maybe the most uh, Sam Raimi oh, easy. any of those movies feel. Because, yeah, all of the like the, the camera being the claw and all yep. of that, the screams in that scene. Yep. Like, it's filmed the way that he used to f- film horror. See, a lot of people um, don't like Spider-Man 3. Um, I've programmed Brad, but for some reason he still hates that movie, <laughs> and I just don't get it. Sam yeah. Raimi with $300 million is Spider-Man 3. <laughs> it, uh, I, yeah. Brad I is feel, a dick. I Brad feel, is not a dick. Brad is a genius. <laughs> I, I have to admit that I don't like Spider-Man 3 as much as I did when I first saw it. Um, it's not it's not as bad as people say it is, and there's a I lot agree. of stuff, especially as a fan of Spider-Man, that I take out of that that I really enjoy. Um, but I can see like the I can see the holes and the breaking points where you can tell that it was a rushed movie. Yeah. That, 
that didn't have the the love behind it that it needed. Yeah, you know, because there's huge problems in the pre-production of that movie. Yeah. One, originally Ben Kingsley was cast as the Vulture. Which would have been great. And that's what... Like, and Sam Raimi wanted to do that dual fight with a new goblin and the vulture in the air, which would have been really sweet. This is this is the thing that excites me the most about the Marvel movies that are coming out. It's not it's not just that, you know, we've never seen anything like the Avengers movie or anything like that. It's really that for once I know that these characters that are beloved and have a, a really long history and mythos are going to get treated the way that they should be treated by people who actually love them. You know, they they're the studio in control actually cares about the characters yeah. and what's going on, and they know how to actually tell good stories. Because when Sony does that, you know, Sony doesn't really give a shit. Like they just want to make a lot of money, which is why they even made Spider-Man Three. Was yeah, that's Spider-Man why Venom so is well. in. Yeah, but it's the thing that happens in all studios anymore, where they they think that that. They don't realize that the storytelling is a lot of what made people love the movie, and so they don't give things the time. You know, I think that's why The Dark Knight was so successful, because I think initially, besides being a new Batman movie and uh, Heath Ledger's polarizing performance as the Joker, I think the storytelling just elevated that movie to something that people weren't used to in comic book movies. Well, and that that was a case where, you know, the first movie, I've been thinking about this a lot lately... Batman Begins was a good movie and it did well, but it wasn't. It didn't do Pirates of the Caribbean well. Yeah. So we, when it was allowed to make sequels, it was allowed to look at that first movie and go, okay, what did we do right, and more importantly, what did we do wrong, and make it better instead of just making it more. Mm-hmm. And so when they went and made Dark, The Dark Knight, they had some time and they made a really good movie. We're actually seeing the same thing happen with with Star Trek. It looks like where Star Trek is kind of getting rushed at this point, but they got J.J. Abrams just to sign on, and now. They're going to push the movie back and give it time to finish the script and get everything right, mm-hmm. which is, it gives me hope for that sequel to be good and maybe even better than the first one, even though the first one did really, really well. You know, the first Star Trek was a lot like Batman Begins because Batman Begins, like comic book movies, usually open really large. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think it made something in the 40 to $50 million range its first week out of Batman Begins. And that's, I mean, that's a lot of money, but for a comic book movie, they didn't know if it would do well, but then just kept on keeping the business going and going. And so I think it caught on. Same thing with Star Trek. It, I mean, I've never seen a Star Trek movie before. I've watched The Next Generation sparingly. Yeah. And But I was, uh, when I saw the first trailer for that movie, I, I, I said, I want to see that movie because yeah. it just looked cool. And then uh, seeing it, I love J.J. Abrams. I mean, yeah. he's brilliant. Well, and he even has said that that was him fulfilling his wish of always wanting to make a Star Wars movie. Which is why it's it's more of an action movie, and it you know, it's not exactly in the tradition of Star Trek, but as a as a as the as a as a, a big Trekkie like I am, I watch that movie and I just I love everything about it because I love those characters, and even if even if it's not trying to tell me something about how I can make my my society better, I still am just having fun. I'm just having fun watching Bones do anything, you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I agree, and. Uh... You know, I, I just wanted to get some insight uh, into your mind yeah. about movies because this is kind of an introduction. I mean, we've been on other podcasts at uh, Nebcast at NebulousVisions.com and, you know, we've talked about it, but we've never really done uh, sat down and done really big movie-centric kind of yeah. podcast, and it's fun. And, you know, the only movies I really have a hard time enjoying are romantic comedies. Not all of them, but I, I, I have a hard time when they're so 
predictable cookie and the cutter. cookie cutter. I just can't stand it. No matter who's in the movie, yeah. no matter what it's about, I I just I just can't get because at the end it all ends the same way. Same thing with the the girl who's from the wrong side of the tracks and makes it in the big city. Yeah. And you know, like the Devil Wears Prada, I cannot stand that movie. And it's it's a very subtle difference between you know. Uh, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days and Notting Hill. Yeah, Notting Hill is a really charming, wonderful movie. Yeah, I agree. And How to Lose a, ten, a Guy in Ten Days is pathetic and forgettable. <laughs> you know, because yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way. Where, like I said, I will watch just about anything. Uh, but romantic comedies, it's when they when they aren't really trying. When they're just like, well, we know the formula, and we cut these things together, and the next thing you have is Letters to Juliet. And I, I don't care. Yeah. But if you really are going to put something behind it and be creative and have some good humor in there, then, then I, I, have, I have a good time. Yeah, I agree. And being married and, you know, having to go to those movies is... Show off. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, I just... There's times in the movies I, I just groan with... Oh, yeah. Uh, because I'm not even a writer and just the wording is just god-awful. Uh, the example I use the most recently is... In Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, uh, Matthew oh. McConaughey plays the playboy that just won't settle down. I know it's really against type for him, and uh, he's yeah. he's sitting down. He has that epiphany because Michael Douglas visits him as like I think it's his father or his I don't even remember what Michael Douglas. But he takes him through. It's like a Christmas Carol for a wait, bad wait, boyfriend. Whose girlfriend was Michael Douglas? No, it's uh, Michael Douglas's Matthew McConaughey's dad or something. But he's a ghost. He's a ghost, and he isn't takes. The go- isn't the movie about girlfriend ghosts? Yeah, no, no. But it's like a Christmas Carol where. Uh, oh. He's like the character of. Uh, Are the ghosts a metaphor yeah. for past girlfriends? Yeah. Oh, I thought all of the girlfriends committed suicide after <laughs> beautiful Mc- Matthew McConaughey uh, dumped them. So Bob is disappointed that his creator saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Brad. Um, but no, so he's sitting down on the swings with Jennifer Garner, and he, of course, he has the epiphany that he's treated women wrong, and so he tries to make amends through this whole, I don't even remember, it's, they're in a house, and but she sits down, in and uh, she says, what happened to you today? And he looks at her, pause, and he says, tell the truth, I don't know what happened to me today. Like, oh my god, Just, <laughs> is there a noose? Is there a noose in this theater? Oh. And I would have jumped and hung myself then. And then people have said, hey, how'd that guy die? Oh, he saw Ghost of Girlfriends Past, and Matthew McConaughey delivered the worst line of all would time. Would you have then haunted the theater? Yes. Did you just say that? No. Oh, okay. But you added that I said I'd be stuck there dead, and people oh, would ask, yeah. and then... Right, yeah. right, right, right. No, I um, got it. Which is really sad, because one of my favorite movies, and one of my favorite horror movies, is uh, Frailty, and McConaughey oh. is awesome in that movie. Yeah. Well, and he, he's really good in uh, Days and Confused. Yeah. I keep getting older and they stay the same age. <laughs> Great line. And, you know, it's it's sad that, I mean, obviously he makes, t- I guess I would do, I would not stand here, I wouldn't sell out. If I was an actor, like, hey, here's $2 million to do a really dramatic role, or here's $15 million to make out with chicks and say really corny lines, and eh, I'll take the 15 mil. I guess. But, I mean, the last <laughs> time somebody offered him a lot of money, he got to have an axe and shave his head and fight dragons, and that was cool. Yes. So, I, you know, every now and then you've got to fight dragons. Oh, by the way, if you have James's Reign of Fire, bring it back, no questions asked. Yeah, somebody stole my DVDs. <laughs> well, just three of them. And by stole, I mean I may have lost them. <laughs> Let's say it was stole because, you know, yeah. we don't want to think like? that you're irresponsible. 
Oh, you know what? Who just left? Fucking Jenny. She took your shit. Yeah, or Nick Unger. I think Nick Unger. Oh, fucking Nick DVDs. Unger. That asshole. Yeah. yeah. I uh, his mortal enemy in elementary school was Nick Unger. Life, 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 and life yeah, is life. Nick Unger. And so one day so on uh, Facebook, I put Nick Unger is a dick, and like a couple of my friends liked the status. So obviously he's penetrated more than just James. Yeah. And All so, of Facebook hates Nick Unger. Yeah. Bradbot will go Skynet on Nick Unger. <laughs> For those of you listening at home and don't know what Skynet is, shame on you. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so Didn't any- you see Terminator Salvation? Shit. Yeah, that movie is awesome. I still think it's not that bad. I like the first scene. <laughs> I like the scene too when he was in the helicopter and it crashed. I yeah, that's was- that's the first scene. Oh yeah, that is the first scene. Yeah, though it was a ripoff because it's a it's a you know people were always talking about the fact that it's one of those action scenes where the the camera never cuts away, but it actually does. It just goes all CG. And anyway. who who self-respecting director calls himself McG? I don't know. You know, isn't he the guy who made uh, uh, the OC? Uh, I'm pretty sure that McG created the OC. No, that was Brett Radner. They're the same to me. Calculating. Calculating. <laughs> calculating. Brett Radner. Yeah, it was Brett Radner. <laughs> Wow, Brad is such an advanced computer. Yeah. <laughs> it that, takes was a, a, that was a lot of clock cycles, he, I gotta he, say. He, he's dial-up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll get him. I'll get... <laughs> Seriously, you you got to give him the Wi-Fi password next I, time. Yes, I'll do Wi-Fi next. <laughs> um, so the point of this is every week we're going to go see a movie and we're going to... Uh, sorry, uh, we got really off track there, but you know I love talking about movies and... Well, if we don't go see a movie, we will at least have a movie yeah, to talk about. Yeah, we'll have about. a movie to talk about or who we hate. It's really comfortable to be able to say every week we go see a movie right now in the summer. Yeah, because we're starting this in the summer. But, you know, uh, yeah, I guess. I guess there might be always a movie. And if there's some shitty movie we won't see, we'll send Bradbot to go see it. Bradbot <laughs> likes shitty movies. Yeah, especially if they're gay independent movies. He eats that shit up like he eats cock. By gay, <laughs> do you mean the black swan? Because, never mind. Bradbot is sexually confused. <laughs> <laughs> and this is we're just kidding so don't send us any hate mail about oh, us man. hating gays oh shoot um so anyways uh the star of the summer season is uh officially upon us we've actually seen a few movies uh so we can talk about all of them did you want to go chronologically or do you want me to just to uh... i just want to start talking about pirates of the caribbean 4 okay so we're going to start with pirates of the caribbean 4 after we talk about fast five i'm just kidding we'll talk I'm about totally talk about fast five it's okay. just not as bad as Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, 4. we'll start with Pirates of the Caribbean four. Um, so, I've heard, Ryan, Ryan, sir, Pirates of the Caribbean was really bad. How bad was it? It was so bad that if I had to rate it on a scale of one to ten, it would be don't go there. <laughs> I don't even know what that meant. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean was actually worse than that joke. That's how bad <laughs> wow. Pirates of the Caribbean was. Well, wow. really, I mean. Here's the thing. I I really love that first movie. Yeah. I was even I was talking to uh, Bradbot before, and <laughs> he goes everywhere with us. I went and rewatched the sequels after this after this new one, and even two is really good. I don't know what happened. Like, yeah, Rob Marshall is not that good. I was Rob Marshall. Rob Marshall, director of Chicago, and recently not nine. Well, didn't didn't he? Sorry, I kicked I kicked Bradbot there, and he stumbled. Brad, Bradbot, who directed uh, the Mummy Four? Was that Rob Cohen? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Not, not Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't him, but still, 
the movie was just <laughs> convoluted and Rob boring. Cohen, director of Fast and the Furious. Wait, which one? The first one? Oh man! Correct. I, wow. <laughs> Why you could not see, but Redbot was was, <laughs> was nodding wow. his head in approval at first, but then he Red realized needs oil. <laughs> I really feel like the first Fast and the Furious movie is a worse movie now. Anyway, um, Pirates of the Caribbean was really fucking boring. Is the point here? Well, you know it, what's really disappointing. You know, I didn't mind the movie too much, but it, it seemed like. I hate saying this because it makes people well, people will hate me for it, but I think if you make Jack Sparrow the focus of the movie, it's not as good. No, it's not. Uh, I mean, the the it's kind I, of like in those old like I I'm not old enough to know the old comedies like Laurel and Hardy, but any you know or the Abbott and Costello. I don't remember which one's Abbott and which one's Costello, but one of them is fat and funny, and one of them is thin and the straight man. And basically, they just took took the 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 funny guy straight man thing and then they just got rid of the straight man and there's a reason why the straight man is there you know there's a reason why will turner and elizabeth are there it's because they're the people that we connect with that we're actually following the story with that we want those people to succeed and then jack sparrow is sort of a MacGuffin that just comes in and makes things crazy for a while and he's funny and then he leaves yeah you don't you don't really care about jack sparrow because you know he's never really a in any danger. Yeah, you know, I think that's and and this I mean this does not diminish Johnny Depp's performance because no, 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 he, no, no, he's no. able to he's still a, an amazing actor. Yeah. But, you know, it's it seems like if they focus too much on him that he loses some of the charm that he's and it's it doesn't feel like the Johnny Depp it doesn't feel like the Johnny Depp from the first movie or anything or any of the other like it doesn't feel like shock a lot Johnny Depp. It feels like Johnny Depp from that Tim Burton movie that he didn't really want to be in, but was just in it because, like, it was going to pay pretty well, and he likes working with those people. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it didn't feel like he was having as much fun. Like Edward Scissorhands? Yeah. Wait, (laughs) no. I think you tricked me. But either way, (laughs) this movie was not that... I, I I was really hoping that because... It wasn't going to be part of the trilogy. I kept on waiting for Ian McShane to say cocksucker, but he never said it. <laughs> I I was really hoping that because this movie wasn't part of the trilogy, it wasn't going to be bogged down by all the the, the the bullshit that was in the other ones, like Caligula and all of that stuff. Like It was just going to be, hey, we have this cool story. I mean, it was based on a book. Like I thought, okay, at some point there was a writer who it was his job to come up with a good story, and then we're going to follow that for a while, But but Jack Sparrow will be there, you know? That's not what happened. It was just like, well, we're going to tape together some action scenes, and yeah. at the end, there's going to be this thing that's mystical. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't, like, you know, the escape scene at the beginning had a really big Jack Sparrow feel to it. And then, I don't know, for some reason, I thought, I felt the most detached from the movie when he was sitting in the back of the paddy wagon uh, with his uh, first mate, and they had that, yeah. like, little scene where they were talking together. I don't know, for me, it just, that really detached me from the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I thought the idea for the mermaids was cool, but then when they added in the stupid love story with the priest... Well, and the mermaids turned into Spider-Man. <laughs> what was that? Like, there's mermaids, and then the mermaids are vampires, and you're like, okay, that's cool, I guess. But then, everybody's trying to get away, and the mermaids are shooting webs at people and parlaying them back into the water, and I, at that point, there was, none of it made any sense. Like, I didn't even know what was going on at that point. Bradbot, do you not remember that? You're shaking your robot head as if you don't remember. <laughs> Bradbot is shaking his head in agreement. Oh, oh, okay. All right. That was a no that was a yes. 
Anyway. Oh, and Matt the other... Matt was re-experiencing the movie in his robot brain. <laughs> in, his, in his CPU. <laughs> and he was still disappointed. Uh, the other thing that... <laughs> That's amazing. Was... Isn't it amazing I can have a robot that has feelings, like disappointed, Seriously. laughter? Dude. Are we going to have an episode where, like, he decides he wants to take the emotion chip out of his head like Data did? (laughs) Because it's just too much. Star Trek Generations, 1995. What was the next generation? But anyway, um, (laughs) uh, the other thing is that the... uh, uh, There was a point in the movie where, because I was so bored, that I was just sitting there listening to the music, and I realized that this is one of those movies where Hans Zimmer just doesn't give a shit anymore. Like, (laughs) the last few years he's been getting better. Like, for a while, he was just doing the same score over and over again, you know? But then last year, he did Inception, and that was brilliant. And he also did... Sherlock Holmes was either last year or the year before. And the script, the score to that was really good. And I thought, wow, he's got... He's back on his game. And then he... I, I use this metaphor too much, but he wields the, the brilliant Pirates of the Caribbean score like a kid who's found his dad's gun. Like, it's just, he just throws it in. There's a part where Jack Sparrow's just, like, running around, and then it's got the epic music behind it. And I'm thinking, he's just, like, he's just playing in the mud. He's not doing anything. <laughs> but there's this big music, and it doesn't make sense. Hey, he did the Batman movies, correct? Yeah. Correct. But um, he did that with a team. Yeah, and I'm so going to say this. I kind of want to take that away from him. One of, one of the biggest things I don't like about the Batman theme is it's so similar to Danny Elfman's Spider-Man that it bugs me. That... It is sometimes. But it's, I think that Danny Elfman's Spider-Man is a little bit inspired by what, uh, what uh, Dan, or the the things that Hans Zimmer had been doing for the throughout the '90s, because that that kind of like just bass constant noise is sort of a, a, a Hans Zimmer thing, so I can see how. But anyway, um, that movie's not good. Yeah, and then why like the Spaniards? I think were like a wasted opportunity. I don't even know why villain wise, and then why did they just show up at the end? I don't know why anything in the movie. I don't know why Jack Sparrow is going to the Fountain of Youth. I don't know why any of them are going to the Fountain of Youth. Well, I guess I guess we know. The well, king no, wanted them to go to the Fountain of Youth. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, but who cares? Like, that's not that's not something that ties me emotionally to the story. That doesn't actually suck me in. How and, about and the monkey at the end when you he looked in the 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 ship in a bottle and it came at you in 3D Oh no, did you see it in 3D? I did not. Oh, okay. Because good. I think 3D I didn't is either. a waste of money. Yeah, yeah. And especially it, another another thing that makes it clear that uh oh shoot, what's his name? Not Rob Cohen. Rob Marshall, the guy who directed the movie, isn't is just an asshole. Uh is that he constantly <laughs> does this. Like the one smart thing about modern 3D that I don't think it's very good, but they don't do the let me poke you through the screen thing very often Mm -hmm. Uh, they're smart enough to be like okay it's more about depth than it is like they look at how cool this is and there were four or five of them in the movie and I was just like it's obnoxious it brings you out of the movie uh, when Blackbeard had his sword oh that's right that whole scene he's just constantly like like pointing at the screen and then moving it around and I guess that was supposed to be cool but it wasn't no I, I agree I I mean, I I didn't hate the movie, but it it definitely didn't have the same effect on me as the first one. Yeah. Where the first one, you know, I mean, when, uh, you know, what got me sucked into the first one is when Jack Sparrow is coming into port and he's riding on top of the ship and it's sinking as he's coming yeah. in. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. Was the, just fir- cool. the first movie is brilliant. I it mean, is. it's a really good adventure movie 
with a very, you know, yes, there's mystical stuff in there, but it's a simple story, you know? Yeah. These pirates are cursed. There's a way to get rid of the curse. And then we got to deal with some stuff. Like, that's all that's really going on. But you get to spend some time with these characters and get to know them, and you have a really good time. Yep. But you did like one part of Pirates of the Caribbean. I did. And uh, what part was that? That was the trailer to the Muppets. <laughs> which, which was just amazing. You know, that was an awesome trailer in... So much that I didn't. I forgot that Jason Segel and Amy Adams were in the movie. Right. And I'm watching it, and I said, "Who, who is shooting a, such a candy-coated, stupid-looking romantic comedy with Jason Segel?" This looks so much worse than How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. And then, uh, you know, you're watching it, and he goes, "Amy Adams, Jason Segel, K- K- Kermit the Frog." <laughs> I'm like, "Yes," because that was yeah. just that was the moment where I'm like, "This might be pretty funny." Because I, I knew that that movie was coming, but I just forgot. Like, I just saw Jason Segel, and as a fan of How I Met Your Mother, I was just excited to mm-hmm. see him at all in anything. But then, right at the point where you're, where you're thinking, I don't want to see this piece of garbage, <laughs> yeah. that's when it turns into the Muppets, and, and that's so excited. That's a brilliant trailer. Yeah. Because it makes you forget about that that's the movie they're in. Yeah. And then when they tell you what movie it is, you get excited. Because, yeah. you know, the, some of the Muppet movies are really, really funny. The first one is brilliant. I love... Uh, I, I make fun of Bradbot's ex-girlfriend, um, Rezel, from uh, the in the Christmas Carol one, the oh, the I rat and it gets its tail lit. And so every time he would mention her name, I go, hey, hey, light the lamp, not the rat. Because yeah. it still was on fire and it made me laugh. Because it's the rat and its name's Rizzo. The rat. Ah, I, ha- I got you. I got you. <laughs> I, it took a while. That story wasn't going anywhere for a while, but then you pulled it back in. Yeah, Brad I got you. girlfriend was a toaster. um oh so you can fuck a toaster i think in fact two people could fuck a toaster at the same time oh this is horrible people can on expensive toasters (laughs) i have a toaster oven so what does that mean um the door closing fast (laughs) yeah i'm gonna have to go back and rewatch the muppet movies because i don't think i've seen at least the first two in a long time i don't think i've ever seen the muppet movie the muppet caper the what is that the third one? But either way, and I'm not I'm not gonna go back and watch Muppets in Space because I didn't even like that movie when I was eight. No, uh, I Bradbot said it was hard for him to picture Disney's The Muppets because it's usually Jim Henson's The Muppets. Bradbot is sad. Is... Jim Henson no longer gets credit for The Muppets. <laughs> I guess that's true. Is, well, his son should Henson... have sold it to Disney. Is the Jim Henson company not involved, or is it just because Disney owns the Jim Henson company? Disney owns Jim Henson. Oh, okay. Properties. Yeah, I feel like they should have put Jim Henson in there because, yeah. Disney's but I'm just Jim I'll Henson's I'll be Muppets. I'll be happy getting any kind of, uh, any kind of Muppet movie either way. Yeah, for sure. Hey, look a puppy. Now would be a good time to go to commercial. And you know what? A word from our sponsor. Thanks, Brad Butt. Does this look familiar? If so, then you're probably a struggling college student too busy to deal with a mess like this. But fear no more. Introducing the amazing Slave Pikachu. He can turn mess into finesse in no time at all. Pikachu is your all-purpose household slave. He does the laundry, washes dishes, cleans the bathroom, does your homework, and he'll even cook you dinner. And when you're done exploiting him for the day, Pikachu fits snugly in your sock drawer. Not only is Pikachu an efficient cleaning agent, he is also a lovable companion on a lonely Saturday night. The amazing Slave Pikachu can be yours for the low, low price of just $19.99. Your purchase comes bundled with one instruction manual, introductory video cassette, 
CD-ROM guide, and one box of fortune cookies. And if you call right now, you'll receive this nifty coin bank as a free gift. Slave Pikachu, order now. Oh my gosh, you knew slaves could be so much fun. Are you talking about you talking about the robot? Uh, the no, robot? actually, our sponsor today is Slave oh. Pikachu. Oh fuck. Oh. So it's a it's a pretty cool product. Uh, it's brought to us by um, Brad. He's our friend, but we'll see if he'll be here next week. I might have to tweak Bradbot a little more. Aren't all Pikachu's slaves? I mean, they live in tiny little homes, and I mean, all you they just do they're like Spartacus. Yeah. Pikachu is like Spartacus. Yes, they're forced to fight. Maybe he doesn't want to use his electric charge. Maybe except, Squirtle doesn't want to squirt his water. Except Spartacus was very particular that he was not an animal. And I'm pretty sure that Pikachus classify as an Pikachu. Well, what is he a mix of? A cat and a lightning bolt? <laughs> well, he's definitely part cat. I think he's like part... Calculating. Calculating. <laughs> the official animal name of Pikachu is Electric Mouse. He is part mouse. This is true. Yeah, like if Grandbot knows that for if sure. If Carl Pilkington were were writing uh, Pokemon, he would say that the Pikachu was somewhere between a mouse and a cat, which is kind of ironic. Awesome. So you can pick up your slave Pikachu at NablesVisions.com. Um, anyways, the movie we saw just a few hours ago was The Hangover Two. And, part Two. The Hangover. Oh, part yeah, The two. Hangover Part Two part because. D. I think they were playing on uh, The Godfather Part 2. I don't know. Oh, really? I'm just I thought they stupid. just didn't want to say 2 because it sounds really simple. Yeah, maybe. Um, I'll, I'll tell you right now, it's shot really nice. Thailand looks beautiful. It does. Man. Except for there the were a lot of city. There were a lot of really wide shots of like, look how pretty this shit is. And listen to this music from the 80s. Isn't it a little too synthesized? <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, the 80s music is brand new to the people of Thailand because it takes that long to get across the Pacific Ocean. Right. Thailand just now got Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> and Billy Ocean and uh, some hollow notes. Murray Head. <laughs> but in general, Ryan, what did you think? Yeah, I thought it was funny. You know, there's some parts that were really funny. And I mean, if you like the first one, I'm, it's basically the same movie. But now yeah. we're in Bangkok. I think Bangkok was supposed to be a joke, but I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a joke as far as bang hyphen cock yeah, is because... a joke. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's sort of like the first one, but with a slightly different mystery. Where in the first yeah. one, you're like, "Where? How are they gonna find the dude?" And then this one, they, "How? Where is the dude this time?" But uh, yeah, that's pretty much. Like Where's the, first the dude, one. dude? I feel like <laughs> I was sitting there watching the movie. One of during one of the way too long montages of like the ones we were just talking about, where they would just play music and like show you clips of things, and it would just go on for too long. During one of those. I was sitting there thinking about it. I feel like maybe partially this is just that I'm not I'm not completely in love with this kind of comedy. Like I you know, I have a good time with it, but it's not the thing that I look for. Uh I feel like none of the things that happened in the movie were funny, but the guy's performance is, is really funny. Yeah, you I know? agree with that. Like, anytime that they were doing a thing where like, hey, get it, like he did this, I don't want to terribly spoil the big things but you know uh, this is one of the things that happened last night that wasn't what was funny it was more the way that they react to it and the little side jokes the things that felt like improv those were the things that were really funny unfortunately those are also the things that no one else in the theater were laughing at you know there was one joke one of the times that uh, Zach Galifianakis was reading off of the cards that I, I specifically remember us all were laughing pretty hard and then the rest of the theater was just silent like like, (laughs) they just didn't get it you know yeah like we're too smart for that theater. I, I yeah. honestly believe that because I I don't know. There was a theater. The best way to do it is 
it was a theater where the first time Zach Galifianakis, Galifianakis said Thailand instead of Thailand, we all kind of giggled. And then after, about the third time he said it, everyone else in the theater <laughs> laughed because they realized, ah, oh, he's saying Thailand, and it's spelled with a T-H. That's how. And the correct pronunciation of Thailand is... Thailand? Thailand? <laughs> <laughs> he, he's so fucked up right now. I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. He, he's overcomputing. Brad's going to need some upgrades. He is going to need some upgrades. But he'll still be ready. Beep, bop, boop, beep. He'll be version 1.02. <laughs> I think he's de-evolving. Can robots <laughs> do that? He's breaking like your PlayStation. Oh, oh. Too soon, dude. Too soon. Yeah. That was not a joke about the PSN. That was just that your PlayStation did My anyway. PlayStation did break. But, I mean, uh, yeah. There was really funny parts in it. And, yeah. you know, the the cameos were funny. The, the, were the, there? I mean, were there cameos? Other, I mean, there's the one big surprise cameo that yeah. we shouldn't talk about at the end. Yeah. But other than that, were there any... Oh, I guess Paul Giamatti yeah, shows he, up. But I guess he was listed in the credits, too. But, you know, he showed but up. He's not really his a, he's exit not really was so a, abrupt. Yeah, I, would, I mean, I'm I not going to say him why he left, but you know, it's why did he keep the hat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's not that's not a cameo the way that like, yeah, like the, in the second trailer to the Muppets, which we talked about earlier. There's a they show one of the the there's a billion cameos in that movie, and there's a scene where the Muppets are all in jail, and then there uh, the the guard comes over and asks them, uh, "Are you guys the Muppets?" And they all say yes, and then they pan over, and Danny Trejo is in jail too, and he goes, "I'm a Muppet," and. Like, that is a cameo. You know, he shows up, that he says one joke. Danny Trejo. Thing. <laughs> I'm a Muppet. I don't think it was. But anyway, like, that's a cameo. He shows up, he's somebody you didn't expect at all, and he does one joke. Mm-hmm. That's a cameo. Yeah. Paul Giamatti's not a cameo. No, I don't he think was so either. That, but like, yeah. So I really don't think that there are, there's the one cameo. And other than that, it's but, not. Yeah, but you know, like I said, he just abruptly left. Yeah, it was like oh well, that, that whole that whole storyline was just absurd. Yeah, you know it was really just because they they know how good Ken Jong is <laughs> and they want to just have that character around as much as possible. Yeah, it was pretty he, funny he was when really he cool. was walking up. He's like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> he's talking about. Then they said, "Welcome to the roof" or something. Yeah, <laughs> you wait for Chow. Yeah, yeah, he was fantastic. I mean, he he pretty much steals the whole movie as far as I'm concerned. You know, even. It's funny because the the tattoo thing, I felt like that was always supposed to be the big joke, but then they do it once, and they spoil it, obviously, before you see the movie. You know he's going to have the tattoo, even though our whole theater was laughing constantly when they introduced the tattoo, and I'm like, did you... Why are you guys here if you didn't see the trailer? You just saw the first one, I guess. But but that wasn't even... Like, those jokes didn't play as well because we are all seen them. It was all the Ken Jeong stuff that was so good. Yeah. Yeah. And monkey smoking's funny. Yeah. The monkey got shot. <laughs> it did. And it's really... Oh. I guess I shouldn't say this. If if you really care about the one cameo, just, I don't know, skip five seconds. But it, it's interesting to me now, looking at the uh, the whole thing with um, uh, the tattoo, because they got sued over using that tattoo yeah. by the artist. And then the guy whose tattoo that is is in the movie and they yeah. make jokes about it and I feel like okay this is and they won that that that, that suit well, yeah. but still it was just ridiculous that that was even a, de- a big deal yeah it was, it was totally ridiculous and I, I I guess too I don't really re- I've seen I've only seen The Hangover once yeah and uh, I don't remember did they find out things that conveniently like they're, they're sitting there and say oh this is 
where we went next. This is where we went next. I, I, I don't, don't remember. I mean, I think they sort of did, but there was there was more points in the story. Mm-hmm. Like there was more like they went to this thing and they found out this little thing and it led them to something else. Whereas this, it was more like they just sort of randomly thought of things and got little clues that sent them to the next bigger set piece. It wasn't as yeah. It did feel like they were having an easier time. Um, but it's funny because you just sort of said the thing that I was going to say in conclusion about the movie, which was. Like The Hangover 1, I will have watched this movie once, and I will probably never watch it again. Like, I don't know that I actually care to sit down. Like, once I know these jokes, I don't think it has that much staying power. Yeah. You know, in comparing it to... MacGruber. uh, In comparing it to the comedies that I really enjoy each year, this won't be one of them. Yeah, it's fun. You know, I, yeah. every once in a while, I don't mind going to movies when they're just silly. Oh yeah, and, and yeah, I'm I'm the guy who's I'll show up when there's a new Harold and Kumar movie and stuff yeah. like that. Like I, I, I still Kumar have a good movies. time with them. It's just I don't think that they they pack enough punch to really be something that in ten years I'll still be like, oh man, the Hangover. Remember that one joke? There's not a lot of one-liners in this movie that are so good that you walk out wanting to say. I guess that's a lot of uh, Todd Phillips movies though too. Yeah. But I mean, there's not. Well, I guess old school. I mean, I feel like, I feel like Todd Phillips tries to make movies where he like he injects a little heart into them. This mm-hmm. one doesn't really have any. No, you know, like I I didn't see Due Date, but based on the trailers, you know, it's it was kind of like uh, Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. Is these two guys stuck on a road trip and they're gonna find out about each other, and one of them has a real reason to get where they're going, and then wacky things happen to them. This one, like, there's the stuff at the beginning with Zach Galifianakis, but then that just goes away. And you never really care about, like, the whole motivation is, like, how do we get Ed Helms back to his really pretty wife so that they can get <laughs> married, you know? Yeah, I, it was pretty funny, though, seeing uh, the kids in place of the adults, like, drinking and doing drugs oh, and stuff. That and the best, the best thing about that scene was that in that hallucination, Teddy was still played by Teddy. Like, yeah. <laughs> because Zach Galifianakis thinks that that guy is a kid. Oh, yeah, that was really good. That was probably the highlight of the movie. I think that was the one moment of real genius in the writing yeah where i was like oh this is cool they did something different here and and was uh his character alan that dumb in the first one i don't know he was just a little like he was just that guy yeah he was like quirky he was just quirky and then in this one they just made him like a stupid douche yeah yeah exactly infantile is the word that if i had a dictionary or a thesaurus i would find we don't need one when you have brad bot exactly Bradbot runs off of Windows 3.1. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I didn't even think of that. There was a point where I was like, I don't really like this Zach Galifianakis as much. And it, I don't feel like he. it's because he's overextended himself the way that uh, uh, Jack Black did, you know? Yeah. Like, yes, Zach Galifianakis is showing up a lot, and he has the potential to do that. But I think he was still doing his his comedy and still being funny the way that he usually is. It just wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't as fun. Yeah, they made him, like, too, um, like, too stupid. Yeah. Um, because even in Due Date, uh, he has that, uh, I mean, he obviously he's going to have some of the same tendencies because it's who he is. Right. But, I mean, he still played that character in Due Date with a little more heart, and, because uh, he, in that movie, he just lost his dad, so his whole point is to get to a certain area to spread his father's ashes. And so he has a little mm-hmm. heart to him, and he's, like, a little more, um emotionally beat up in that movie yeah where i mean in the trailers they're showing oh look how funny he is he's wearing tight pants and and he has those moments but he also has moments in that movie where you see really who he is and right um, yeah and and why he does the things he does but i yeah a lot of times in movies like this where it's all just wacky things happening you know just at random basically 
there is there's usually that one sort of down moment where you get some motion, somebody learns a lesson, and you move on. I don't know that that happens. I think they're going for it at the end when Ed Helms gets back. Yeah, uh, obviously he gets back to the wedding, otherwise no one would care. But I don't think they really. I I think the closest they get to really having an emotional impact is the scene where uh, her father gives the speech. Because yeah. that's that speech is so well written. Yeah, where it starts off and you feel like he's really gonna. He, you know, he's gonna say something mean, but it sounds like he's saying something nice, yeah. and then it all gets explained, and then it's like that. It hits really well. But there's no, there's, there, I don't think there's a, a scene where they learn something. Yeah, you know, I, I like I said, you know, I enjoy the movie, but sometimes things that happen in movies. Like, I thought Ed Helms got over him having a tattoo on his face really quick. Oh, yeah. I mean, nothing's even really said at the end about, like, hey, you're at a wedding. I thought that was going to be the thing. Yeah. I thought he was going to get back and her father was going to be like, you got a tattoo on your face. You are badass now. Yeah. And we were all going to be like, well, that's weird, but he thinks it's bad. You know, like, that was going to be the joke, like, that he thinks then, it's cool to have you know, tattoos on your face. Kenny with his uh, finger missing. He's like, what happened to your hand? He's like, I'm okay. Okay, well, I guess... And that was another one where I thought there was going to be a scene where he was like, no, I cut off my own finger because I'm tired of playing the fucking cello, dad. You yeah. know, I want to do my own thing. I don't want to be a surgeon never, or whatever. Yeah, that, that, that never plays either. There were a lot of missed uh, plot points, for sure. Unless it was totally edited out, but it didn't seem like it was. It just it could be, but for the lack of real jokes that were in there, I feel like yeah. they could have left that in there. For how, many, for how many long montages there were just to <laughs> kill time, I, I, I think they, they could have actually had those good scenes yeah so that's the only thing i mean I, th- I thought it was funny but you know some parts would just say well he got over getting a tattoo on his face really quick yeah. i would have taken the mirror and smashed it on my friend's head and i don't know what i would have done yeah i mean I, I have tattoos but i wouldn't get one on my face and yeah. i always give him a place i could cover him up right so yeah especially because ed Helms plays such the straight laced guy which I, I guess is funny that's why he's the guy who always goes to hookers but yeah uh, yeah, those jokes play, but it it doesn't resonate, I don't think. It's not Ghostbusters. No, well, not a lot of movies are Ghostbusters. I know, I'm just making the <laughs> point that it's not... I think it's weird that these movies have been huge hits, and yet they're not something that's going to stick around. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I was reading that uh, Beverly Hills Cop is a bigger hit than Ghostbusters, but Ghostbusters holds up remarkably better than Beverly Hills Cop. I like Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, no, it's a good movie. Yeah, the first one. Yeah. It's a good movie, but I mean, I think because even the Ghostbusters, <laughs> we're way off track, but like the Ghostbusters theme, still you can jam along to it, but the Beverly Hills Cop theme is so 80s with the synth keyboard that yeah. it really helps date the movie. Yeah. It's funny, I have the same thing whenever I go back and watch the first uh, Lethal Weapon, which is scored by Eric Clapton, which is awesome. Nice. But it sounds like it sounds like the Eric Clapton from Journey. <laughs> where is the is the album called Journey? I think it is. Uh, where it's just all synth and you know sounds like the eighties. Yeah. Anyway, so I think we're kind of. Yeah. We've, I think we've talked our way into being mediocre about the Hangover Part Two. Yeah. So uh, your overall impressions of it, if you had to grade it on a scale of A I, through F, if you, uh, I don't know. If you, I would say, if you like these movies, if you like the first one, go see it. You know, have a good time. Don't don't think that it's going to be a revolutionary comedy. Though I don't think the first one is either. But yeah, it, yeah, it's exactly like the first one. If you like it, you'll have a good time. Yeah, I'd give it a C. I mean, it is funny, but I mean, you're right. I mean, there's not sure C sounds good. I mean, there's not a thing where I, would, you know, some movies when I think they're really funny, I, I say I have to go back and see that movie because I might have missed some jokes or. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't feel that without one. Uh, it's fun. 
But uh, yeah, next week we're going to be going seeing X Men First Class mm-hmm. is a big one, and I'm kind of excited to see it because it's getting really, really good reviews, and it looks interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's weird because I I have heard some people talk about like you know uh, not sounding like they don't really care about seeing another X Men movie. People who aren't like us who are entrenched in going to movies all the time, uh, but. I mean, it's Matthew Vaughn. It's got. Yeah. It has to be good. I just have I, to believe that's going to be good. Yeah, I mean, I've been hearing a lot that you know the new X Men kicks ass, and that's all I'm going to say. About <laughs> kick ass because Matthew uh, Vaughn directed Kick Ass, and I the, I just brought that back around. I, that was me bringing it back. Did you had you did you have that planned or did you no? Read, I just did you just read that Brian, online? You no. are the funniest. Thank you, Brad. Oh, but fuck, I hate this robot. <laughs> All right, well, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, so, hey, I hope you enjoyed our first ever Ryan and the Wookiee with Bradbot2000. Um, who knows if he'll be around. I might... <laughs> what was the original name? What was the original Terminator number? What was that? Um, the T-100? T-100? That's cool. correct. So maybe next time we'll have T-1000. Maybe we'll have T-1000. And <laughs> he'll be able to turn into liquid metal. Well, that would be great. And then he'll stab people when they're drinking milk. Oh, I hate that scene. A robot does not turn on humans. That is one of the rules. The three laws? The three laws. <laughs> the three laws of robots? I didn't know that Ryan was such an Asimov fan. <laughs> I am God here. What's that from? Robots. What, I am God here or yeah. Asimov? I am God here. What the fuck is... Oh, that's Lawnmower Man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Remember wow. when virtual reality was really cool uh, in no. the early 90s? Stephen King and Jeff Fahey disagree with you. There was a there was an arcade <laughs> underneath the theater in the Park Meadows Mall that had virtual reality stuff, but it was really expensive to play. When the mall opened, Bradbot, don't look so puzzled. <laughs> uh, Bradbot is not puzzled. <laughs> you were looking inquisitively. Well, when uh, me and Laura went to Disney World, they have Disney Quest, which is an indoor virtual reality. Um, is it kind of like that California park? Adventure ride where you're sitting on one thing and then there's like a big screen in front of you? Uh, basically, yeah. But it's, you know, when I read about it, I didn't know it was like an interactive amusement park. You can go there and make your own Space Mountain and stuff. But the the graphics are like early 90s. So they're that really blocky virtual reality. Yeah. I did Aladdin's Magic Carpet Ride. And oh, man. So it's like the virtual reality from the movie First Kid with Sinbad. Anybody? Yes. <laughs> And they, they had the genie in it and his, uh, those voice where it's not um, Robin Williams or Dan Castanella. It's like some guy who's a hybrid of trying to be both of them. He's like, uh, hey, Aladdin, let's go find the jewels. Oh, that's I won that game, by the way. I was racing Laura and two other prick kids. <laughs> the coolest part about that game is... You beat up your wife and two little boys. Yep. And the cool thing about that game is... The, the coolest thing was they had like uh, wireless communications in it. And so these kids are saying, hey, what's that guy doing? He's not even going down the right path. And I would steal all their jewels. And then the scorpion tried to get me. I just killed it because I had so many jewels. And I got to the genie first. And the kids are all pissed off. Wait, there was a, the scorpion from Spider-Man was in the genie No, scene? like a big scorpion in oh, the Cave of Wonders. Oh, it was just a big sky- yeah. Oh, okay. All Don't right. you remember that scene in Aladdin with the scorpion in the Cave of Wonders? Uh, I remember Dwayne Johnson as the scorpion king. I love Dwayne Johnson. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I remember Clash of the Titans. No, I don't. I didn't see that movie. <laughs> Sam Worthington, is he dead? <laughs> I'm uh, just kidding. But we mentioned Terminator Salvation. Uh, one of I don't I actually in, kind of enjoy that movie, but the one thing I don't like in it is when Kristen Bell Christian Bell <laughs> is talking to Sam Worthington as a T whatever the fuck he is, and he's hanging 
and he goes in and out of his Australian accent throughout the whole scene. And people who are cutting the movie, uh, sound, making sound on the movie, don't realize that he's doing this. Anyways, I want to make sure that... I mean, what the fuck? I mean, it's so annoying. They were too busy recording Christian Bale swearing. <laughs> I feel I feel really bad for McG where that movie is concerned because I think that movie was was really close to being something good, but I don't know if you know this, Christian Bale ruined that movie. Like the original <laughs> movie is uh, Sam Worthington craw- crawls out and doesn't know he's a Terminator, and then he gets together with uh, the Star the Star Trek kid uh, who's who's young Kyle, and then. The, the original plot was just like it was kind of a road trip movie where they were trying to get to John Connor's um, for whatever reason, and then they were going to have adventures and stuff, and there were there was going to be action scenes, and at some point they would realize that Sam Worthington he would have a, you know he would figure out that he was a Terminator, but then Christian Bale when he was cast wanted that that his role to be bigger, so they added his whole plot line to that movie. Hmm. Like, the original movie was supposed to be the first of, like, a trilogy. Yeah. And would have been really interesting. And I, I think the original ending was the one that I still wish was the ending, where, uh, in the end, John Connor was going to die, and then they were going to put John Connor's face on the human Terminator with a heart, and then that Terminator would be the actual John Connor who was going to be the leader See, of the I thought, that would, I thought that's is, what they were going to do, too, because yeah. I thought because I, I thought that I said, oh, they're going to just use the idea of John Connor is right. enough a, to rally people. It's brilliant, because especially since in the movie you only hear him over the radio, like, you just need his face and his voice so that he can lead people, and then it, it makes the first three movies almost more powerful, because you're yeah. like, it's not even about that dude. Like, that dude is not what's important. It's mm-hmm. what he stands for, yeah. which is a great idea. But then the movie they make is about like, oh, he's got to give his heart to Christian Bale so that more movies with Batman in them. And it's just not, <laughs> it's not good. Uh, sweet. So that's the Iconogger. No, no, yeah, it's a premiere episode of. I think we threw in some 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 outtakes there. At the Ryan end. and the Wookie with yeah. Bradbot. So thanks for listening. Yeah, I hope yeah, you uh, tune in next week when we will be discussing X Men First Class. And I might watch all the other X Men to, you know, I should tie this show together. Sierra just showed up a few minutes ago. She really wants to see X Men, but she's never seen the originals. She just really? wants to see. Me I'm going to show her my favorite one. That's X Men Three. Uh, no I to I want to choke you to death. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she just wants to see it for Michael Fassbender. Mm. I don't even know who he is. She can watch Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. He wasn't that. Anyway. Yes. All right. Bye.